You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. That's it. Before we got there. That's morning time. Before we got there. That's morning time. Before we got there. That's morning time. Before we got there. I just want to be by you are Hard as that can be It's never too hard Check, check, check Welcome to Axe to Grind, episode nine. Uh, sorry for the technical difficulties you might hear. It's a lot of editing. We're working through a new process here. I'm Patrick. Bob. Tom. And our special guest. Hey, I'm Chris. Yes. Wait, no, but what, yeah, yeah. Well, no, no, your no, last... let's talk about it. This is Chris Morgato, and uh, he is also known as the character in Hardcore as Morgato, but we invited, <laughs> we invited Chris to come to the podcast, and he might slip in and out of character, but... Uh, let me just kind of point out that Chris has been in hardcore for a long time. We've circled in the same uh, circles for a long time. But this is the first time we're going to sit down in a room for hours and talk about stuff. So I'm excited for that. It's going to get weird. It's cool. Uh, today, well, firstly, Axe to Grind. Everybody's ep- Every episode is somebody's first, so let's do the bullshit. This is number nine? nine. Number nine, as I understand it. Now, nine. the idea here is... Uh, you cannot be a member of a music community uh, for any length of time without developing some uh, personal biases informed by experiences that uh, might not be that cool. Uh, so whenever we beef with something or just have a, a an agenda that is outside of simply the music, we announce it ahead and we say we got an axe to grind. That's it. Other than that, it's just talking about hardcore and being straight up fucking nerds. Thank you for joining us as always. Today we're doing a special type of episode. It's a mailbox episode or mailbag episode. We are just taking some of the questions uh, at the risk of sounding too grateful. Uh, we get a lot of emails and a lot of tweets now, and we appreciate every one of them. And we're going to try to validate some of you by uh, hitting just a couple off the top. What do we got, Bob? All right, so uh, I think I'm going to start everything a little light today. Um, greetings from Mannheim, Germany. I'm the one known as Fritz, and I'm a creator of fanzine here in Germany called Sick Truth Fanzine. I have write about your podcast in my new fanzine because when I was over in the USA for holiday, some locals showed me it, and I love it. So if you guys can't tell. False. False. This is a faux uh, euro. But Fritz does start to tell us. I suggest to you check out the hot band here at this time. They are called Monkey Fellow. And they have just make release of a new 7-inch on Cone Records. Make release. It is to take the euro hardcore world by force with their old school spirit and amazing song. This is my favorite hardcore release of this year's, and I tell them I will send it to you, and they are very excited. And they will all listen to your podcasts. So please here, check out the new 7-inch, and maybe give a shout-out to them on the podcast. So, fake 
fake, fake European. Fake. Yeah, I honestly kind of can't believe that fake European voice, even though that's an evil, but like fake European voice is still like a thing, like the, with the grammar, like because that's been a thing since I got into hardcore. Yeah, yeah it, and that it's was done like relatively well, though. I got to this be was this was like a big thing in the late '90s. Was Americans making fun of how Europeans, oh yes, Europeans we, were. Yeah, like everything. We need more Tom guest voice, please, please, please. Um, <laughs> Tom Sheehan, Foley artist. Yes, it's, it's, uh, yeah, a lot of vegan, a lot of oh, it's vegan. Oh yeah, excuse me. Oh yeah, you vegan. don't. We make you vegan pasta. <laughs> yes, so. Listen, this, we shouldn't even be laughing that much. But no, but this used to be a gag. Yes, you know what yeah. I mean? And uh, up to you if you find it funny. I don't even know if that's racist in 2018 because I don't know the rules. Xenophobic. Yeah, maybe. You know? They're yeah, whites. Sure I don't know. I think xenophobic. I can. Whatever. Listen, I've been there a trillion times. I consider the Europeans my weirdo brothers. I, I'll make fun of them all day yeah. as they make fun of me. But I, I love Europe, man. I, I, I move me there tomorrow, man. But to be able to scream... Oh, and, oh and wait, wait, wait. But oh. we haven't talked about Monkey yeah. Fellow yet. We Monkey Fellow. We're talking about the email first. Uh, yeah. Our friend oh, Fritz sorry. from Mannheim. <laughs> right. Fritz from Mannheim. Shout out to European. Fritz. So, Mannheim. That's, that's like a deep hardcore. cut. That's a yeah, Germany no. deep cut. Uh, it's, I, I, I want to shout out uh, a couple of my buddies who interned at Rev. Um, one from Stuttgart. Uh-huh. One who was from Berlin. And the one from Berlin essentially spit every time he said Stuttgart. Stuttgart. Because he thought it was so... Stuttgart. Like it was the... Uh, he, he was like a cow patty to him. I, I'm not exaggerating. I've played Stuttgart as often as I've played Los Angeles. I've played it so fucking much, I feel like I live in Stuttgart. Is Stuttgart it Alter Stan Bahnhof? I have no idea what you just said. It's It's like like some venue there. There is a legendary spot. It's like a community center. Yeah. Does that sound right? It's like a community center. It might be. Uh, the guy that used to like book tours. All that I know is it's walking distance to the red light. Uh, let's talk. Let's. <laughs> t- <laughs> quick thing that I want to shout out to Germany was that both of these guys came to internships in the United States in this kind of funny rinky dink way to intern at Rev for a whole summer, aka live right on the beach in Huntington Beach at some weird hotel that the government paid for because they just Whoa. finished university. So, so y'all, cool. we need to catch up. We got to get on that socialism shit. I know. We got to become socialists, man. They got Where's sent Bernie over. At? I need and, Bernie and we to come. Figure, I don't even remember how it all figured out, but like they were getting paid by the state to come and experience and do the whole internship. I mean, even in Europe, literally lived on the beach in Huntington. That's amazing. Like there was a, band, a label called Overcome Records in France. A friend of ours uh, um, used to run, and literally he had a, you know, a big office in downtown Paris for his record label because the government is since it was part of the right. arts, the government would support it. Yeah, it yeah. was incredible. Like he, I mean, that's the equivalent of being like, you know, you I put out like the Detain record. <laughs> you want to come to my, you know, my office in Soho? Listen, I'm not dissing Detain. I'm just saying, like, I you're not making records. enough to pay rent. No, in a you, see, you see how I fucking live? L- listen, uh, like a homeless person, like I mean, a home, yeah. in in a home, but yet homeless is probably like fine. you don't know how to deal. Like you're doing well now, and you don't know how to handle that. I look like halfway house. Does your girl yeah. listen to the podcast? No, I'm trying to avo- get her not to listen to the podcast okay. because then the status of my halfway house room. Okay, would be- well, if you do listen, get home quick. Okay. Like I've called EMS on people for worse for so, less. Than there's that. a lot of peanut butter in there's here. There's a and yerba mate. <laughs> so okay, uh, back to the point. Uh, yeah, it might. They might have oppressive nanny states that treat them like children, but, but 
They support the arts. They support the arts. Vacation. That's pretty cool. And so Tom launched into actually talking about Monkey Fellow because we listened to it immediately before the podcast started, and we adore it. It is an old joke, but we are old men, so I'm not going to be mad at it. It's basically a guy doing a European voice, uh, using the wrong tenses of words, uh, pluralizing things that have no purpose, and uh, advocating for vegetarianism, which... Pardon my laughter. That's the most quaint, funny-ass fucking throwback idea in the world. Because, come on, homie. We've been vegan since fucking whenever. You know what I mean? Like, that's just a funny thing. But I thought I, Monkey Fellow worked for me. It, better than Judd Judd. That, if that's the, bo- if that's the bottom yeah. line. Well, I mean, if that's the fucking. Judd Judd's lowest of the low. <laughs> Judd Judd's terrible. Chris. People were trying to defend Judd Judd. Nick, no. come on, were they, man. Are you Home kidding? Yeah. No, no, no. no, no they, trying they to, c- 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 uh, like. Give it like no, no, it's funny. No, no, no. It's not. It, that Monkey was a dude making fun funny. of people. Yeah, more and than there's any, two yes, actually right. funny hardcore parody bands, and one is Straight Youth. And the other one is this monkey fellow thing that we just heard. Yeah, Wait, what, what about the, Hate Beak? What, gay, gorilla Biscuits. Do we remember? Gorilla Biscuits. Gay gorilla gorilla Biscuits. Funny. Fuck. Not too funny. I got what they were doing. You know, I thought it was, was kind of funny. I thought it was kind of good. It was clever. Yeah, I thought it was kind of good. Right. I did have a guy it was, sing. It was there. I had a guy a sing grudge lyrics to me today, and that was wild. That, what, wild. Out of nowhere? It was a homeless person? No, I mean, he worked at a screen printing shop. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, well, you know, he's familiar. He's in the world. Same diff. All right, so... That's our first letter. We're pro monkey. We're a pro monkey fellow podcast. Is that listen to it once? Because that's really all you're gonna need. It's funny. Yeah, yeah. exactly right. Exactly. Okay, not a so letter. Next, not a letter. Thank you for the value. email. If, yes, if, thank you. If vinyl still mattered to anybody, it would be one of those things that is in you see in a distro a year from now for a dollar and you buy it. Yeah. Although right. harm reduction could fuck with that and put out like a fifty run of it. Oh, monkey fellow. Makes, yeah, that's true. I, you know what? Monkey fellow had would have to be harder, but I would do. I do would some do like, like a little monkey follows post monkey fellow band where they go hard edge. If they did like a uh, what's the liar Congress stuff? Uh, hate thousand. thousand stuff. If they did like a hate thousand fucking style band. So guys, guys behind. <laughs> Monkey fellow, we're I'll put you out if you do. If you do a convincing liar, like kickback or some shit, right. we're, like, yeah. we're in on the joke, and Pat is willing to to put some money behind it. So but you we'll have to it. move it to Belgium now. Yeah, and yeah that's yeah, no yeah. longer part, German. Part, part it's Belgium. Of the gag, part okay, of the gag. so uh, friend of the pod, Dave Ackerman, who's an old friend of mine, who is also a contributor on some vaguely like punk podcast. I don't. We're not familiar with it. Turned out a punk or turned something. out a punk. <laughs> we're not familiar. Is this us casting? Because sh- I could cast shade, but don't that was your my homie. Those are your homies. He's my homie, but we're, 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 we're competitive. Oh, okay. we're, yeah. we're competitive. oh, we are. We're yeah. running neck and neck, so but that's Dave, like us throwing shade back like Pat got shade thrown at him. Yeah, oh, right. yeah. He shaded we're, me. Well, so I'll, we're, I'll, gr- I'll we're grinding action. Watch my fingers. It's just shooting shade D- out of him. Dave, right uh, thank you for being a cool friend and a supporter, and we think you like our podcast better than theirs. Thank you um, for liking my scatterbrain joke, too, by the way. Hi, guys. Not to be, just be another dude pushing 40, but I like early shows. I spent a lot of the late 90s going to ABC, ABC No Rio. I think saying I saw over 100 matinees there wouldn't be an exaggeration. Holy fuck. Were all, they all fire? Nah, but I had fun. <laughs> it also sometimes allowed you to hit two shows in one day. Dave sang in a few bands, uh, Dead Nation, Tear It Up. Being awesome. Dead Nation, Def played a show there, and then I went to a show at Coney Island High r- right after that night. Um, I have no problem with the 7 or 8 p.m. shows. What I do have a problem with is late shows. I live in Austin, Texas, and we regularly have shows that start closer to 10. I get up at 6 a.m. for work, so even on days off, I'm up at 7. It's really hard to be out until 2 on a work night. There's been multiple shows I wanted to see, but just couldn't rally for another couple hours after dinner to even leave my house to attend. Dave, you're my boy. 
yo, that's just us getting old, man. No, that's I disagree. Just being an old no, it's no, wild. that's totally being an old. I haven't wanted to attend a late show in my adult life, and I, th- I'm talking about from 20 on. I have, I hate a late show. I've played shows, and you can probably vibe on this with me. I was 21, 22 years old in Spain. Mm-hmm. And literally, our set time would be 3 a.m. Yep. Ugh. But that was normal. Like, yeah, it would be like right. doors at 11, first band at midnight. We were like loading out as the sun was coming up. But we're like, there's going to be fucking seven people here. It's three o'clock in the morning, and it would be fucking wild. So, like, it's. I mean, that not there. That's kind of. There's kind of a history of that, yeah. though. Like, in, even in, in New, New York. York. Yeah. You see, like, it'll, it'll be like a 14 band bill. It's like doors at 10. Uh, so, I mean, like, if you hear about, like, A7 or whatever, it'll be like, oh, we, we walk out and it was dawn. Yeah. And, like, right. Yeah. And so, I, I, you know, not that old, but being. I think I was 19 and worked at a, a, a hardcore adjacent screen printing shop. And me and Dave, emailer, went and saw DRI in New York. DRI didn't hit the stage till like 12.45 or 1. And this is 2001 DRI, not 1985. So they played an hour-ish set, and it was awesome. I knew I knew my boss was going to be psyched and like, oh, how was the show? I was so fucking tired and done. But so that is – but that's the kind of shit you do when you're young. If you are young, go to late shows. If you are old, let's let's stay home. Comfortable couch. I mean, right. I'm, a, I'm a night owl. Like, I don't regularly, like, even getting up for work at seven. I go to bed at, like, two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning. Right. I can't help. I can't, you know, yeah, can't help right. it. I wouldn't be caught dead at a show that started at, like, 10 o'clock. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, this is part and parcel of us discussing a couple weeks back that 9 a.m. hardcore show. I go to bed and at 2 a.m. Up and alert. Night, and bang But up we're with it. I need, that, I need that last hour and a half to just sort of wind down. Decompression. I'm not, I'm not, yeah. yeah. I'm not trying to fucking uh, be stage diving at 1 a.m. That's, yeah. so, that's insanity. Uh, but yeah, Italy spots like that. I've played shows where it's like there's. I looked at the at the lineup and was like, so what? Two a.m. and they're like, mm. yeah. And I'm like, what? Oh. Are you fucking kidding? And people me? stay. Yeah, but it's so normal. They it's hate not themselves. That's crazy. <laughs> I, I and mean, they get time during the day to go home and take a nap. It's more of that socialism. I don't think they got to work. Or in Spain, they're getting a siesta. You get an hour or two to take Damn, a nap. You're right. I I'm like voting Bernie. See, and here's the deal. Europe's got a few things figured out here. Siestas. Fucking state paid holidays. I'm Universal in. Healthcare. I'm fucking in. Yeah. All right. T- Dave sent a follow up episode uh, email as well. One teared up played with Come and Correct two weekends in a row. Sick. That. He pronounced it tear like year it up. Tear, tear it, it up. up. He did have a bonkers distro and was everywhere. Two good clean fun. I dug the seven inches and one was on board with the joke. Yeah, well, good for him being honest about right. that. Not First a- time I saw them live, floor punch DCNJ weekend I believe, and saw they were serious about it. I was kind of sour. Yeah, yeah. They were sure. huge and became total poser shit. Tom, I lol did the skater scatterbrain he, he nailed, joke. He nailed good clean fun. Yeah, I, right. I'll cop to the first two seven inches. Yeah, Correct. Right. And like yo, literally, Chris, we're in the same general age range and yep. a lot of same people. Fucking everyone was in. It was like, oh, first two seven, just cool. And then it, the joke fucking turned so quick. All right. Yeah. And last comment, champion played them with them in two thousand two. Tear it up, down in flames. What happens next? Life's halt. Champion. Quick pause. Champion really was the fucking sore thumb on that show. That yeah. they did not fit yeah. that one. They wore suits. When asked why. The quote was, we just figured you guys would be dirty, so we thought it was funny. <laughs> Yo. That rubbed me the wrong way. Which would. We would. were on tour, not homeless. <laughs> Which, that, that is fair that it would rub them the wrong way, but I thought that was funny. That's yeah, you know what? I we think, thought you guys would be dirty. I so think we about wore this sometimes. That's, that's a great rib. I think about this sometimes, like the affronts, the like insults that you internalize as a kid that would roll off your back so quick as, a, as an yep. adult. Like, 
all sorts of shit that I have. I held grievances for like fucking years over some dumb shit. And then like as an adult, I've said worse. You know what I mean? Oh, like yeah, I've just totally. casually said worse shit to somebody. And but it, so I wonder what kid is fucking holding a grudge against me. I guarantee there's somebody. But the uh, I think about that often as I get older. Okay. So what Dave, do we got? Thank you. That was good. Thanks, um, Dave. Let's go. Uh, Austin, who um, I can't. I'm Austin. Hard Yo- last name. Johanning Meyer. Johanning Meyer, who is not from Germany, but is. I'm from Texas. Love the podcast. So I figured I'd plug what we got going on if it ever comes up. Monkey fellow. No. (laughs) A few bands have played fest that get brought up here and there and have released music in the last year. Uh, From Dallas-Fort Worth area. Kept in line. Recently played LDB Fest. Sounds kind of like mongrel era think I care. Kept in line. Bandcamp. Creeping death. Stupid heavy with death metal influences. Also played LDB. They're up there on there. Scourge. Sounds like confusion and cold as life. Confusion. As a Brooklyn dude, that hits my heart. They have a seven inch coming out on Mind Rot Records this year. Dress Code. Uh, Playing the Turnstile record release. Those bands are both from Houston and are playing Damaged City. So I brought this one up. Uh, Thank you, Austin. Big shout outs to Texas. Uh, Texas Hardcore. Something, yo, in the 90s? Not much. Not much. Not much. Uh, 2000s on though 2000s on Far From Breaking um, Iron Age Far From Breaking Beget Iron Age And there was a couple other bands In Houston And Far From Breaking Wasn't very good But they became Those dudes went on to do Fucking the almighty Iron Age Bitter End uh, there's some younger bands, Judiciary, fucking Power Trip. Die Young. A lot of, Die Young was a big thing from mm-hmm. Houston. I, so, I would love to talk about Die Young. It's please do. so weird to me. Like, I'm a guy who has a real passion for what I do, and I do it no matter who's listening at any given year. Sometimes you're up, sometimes you're down. Die Young continues at a clip where I'm not certain anybody cares. and it, They're still a band. They've released a single a month ago. A month ago. And, but they really were gone for a while. They, they were gone for a few years. But, yeah. like, yes, but, so but here's the deal. Like, I, do, I don't think Die Young has gotten even an ounce better since they started. And, and that's my personal feeling on it. Maybe you disagree at home. But here's the thing that's undeniable. When you are committed to the thing that you do despite the fact that you are screaming into a void but do we know that for sure i don't think a living person fucking cares i not even I don't like buy in it. texas though maybe in texas i don't know so they die young had a, a minute because they were on that we tour and grind really fucking exactly hard. yeah but i don't i think that minute was well over a decade ago yes like closing in on 15 years ago and uh, you know 2004 i want to say and nowhere on the eastern seaboard did they really nope. crack but they had a minute in the midwest minute out california i believe and it just not for me but i, I do give them respect for for doing their shit and there's just not a lot of bands especially in that lane of hardcore from houston at all like i know it sounds like i'm hating and technically i am but at the same time it's a compliment like really to continue in the face of Crickets, not easy. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know well enough to, 
to determine that's yeah, the case. So, so well, oh, okay, hold on, hold on. Uh, did you just hear that diplomatic political answer out of both these fools? Well, I, well, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, mean, I, I, I don't know if you heard. I, I have probably never heard them in my life, so I've really got nothing to. But, but it, when I say it's quiet for Die Young, and you guys go, I don't really know. Have you ever heard anybody talk no. about Die Young? No, but also I'm not. In Texas, so for all I know, they've got like a okay. really devoted right. like right. scene following. If that's following what you mean, in, yeah, okay, that's in fine. Texas. That's right, fine. or well, like, as far as like across like the country or whatever, on a national or in level, Europe like, or wherever. Yeah, yeah. No, I, would, I would think it's nothing on a national level. But so anyway, shout out to those dudes, and shout like, out to Texas hardcore. There was another band, uh, guys from San Antonio. Um, there's a bunch. There's actually some younger guys. This band, Bloodhound, uh, a band who was around about ten years ago, Lion Wait, who are from San Antonio, who toured out and they worked hard. But um, Eternal uh, Champions, awesome. Eternal Champion, not hardcore, no, but just but fucking awesome. Are they awesome. from Texas? A singer of Iron Age. Yep. Um, some oh, that's him. Yes, yeah. that's him. Oh, I just listened to that. DFJ's in that, correct? Uh, no, he's DFJ in is in Summerlands. Yeah, Summerlands. Skase okay. was in Eternal Champion, but I think he's like on a. Hiatus. Show by show type basis, <laughs> like I think it's where when when they need them type thing. Got it. But but that's that record, Armor of Ire, huge Fantastic. recommendation. And uh, I I don't think cat out of the bag, but I think we're gonna hear some new Iron Age. Oh, is that real? Maybe. Will it? Okay. I now these are your homies, right? Yeah. Okay. A little bit friendly. Yeah. All right. You know. You know. Uh, yes, friends. We're friends. You know. I love those. All right. You, 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 how quiet will it be, or will it, or will people care? People will care. You think people are going to care? Absolutely. Let's do a prediction. Hold on, I, uh, Chris is quiet. I think record collectors will care. Mm. I don't know if the average hardcore kid will care. I wonder, and I like Iron Age. My only thing with Iron Age has always been I never thought the recordings matched the potential of the band. Except until like, what was the last record? Sleeping, Sleeping Eye. Eye. Yeah, that's the that's the first record they did. Where I, was I like, really they got the production down. Right. I, I'm curious what their direction will be if if this new stuff is comes to fruition, um, because at the end they did these uh, saga demos that were really on some different shit, metally and. Um, Jason's vocals were really cool, <laughs> like in this very different way, uh, going way more metal, like and, different than the way different than Eternal different, Champion, like entirely different than that, or entirely more different like than the that. Step between Iron no, and that. To, like on a different direction. Interesting. Like, uh, and as you find them and listen to it, please listen to those songs. They're available online somewhere. Um, like I think it's really evil, kind of raspy, yeah, and <laughs> and whereas Eternal Champion is it's, power it's metal, very, yeah, yeah, very power metal. I think this is a good time for them to come back. So you do. yeah, yeah. I see. I, I think like they don't. I think, and we actually, uh, uh, a friend of the podcast got at me and said that um, you're crazy for thinking Cold World and War Hungry aren't going to be big draws of Sound of Fury. Yep. And I, I, I paused them and I was like, you know, I think it's scale. Cold World at one point were fucking so big it's hard to explain like they were really big and Cold they were the biggest band at any fest like in Brooklyn and it was packed to the gills right so but I think they, Cold, Cold World I'm a, I don't and I said the same seconds. thing War Hungry I can see where you're coming from on that and that is a coin flip do you think they're like a band's band and like when they actually come out it's kind of like cool I think they were a band's band five years band's ago band. right but and I mean I think, I think Cold, yeah. and they posted some shit on Facebook uh, saying that they have some plans for new material too War Hungry but I think they're a band who people who you like heavier stuff if you like Twitching Tongues that does not mean you will like War Hungry 
but it I would say it means you should at least check it out. There's some heaviness, there's some dirginess, there's some dirty riffs on that thing. Um, and, and so I'd say this about War Hungry is that it's sort of like, yeah, they, they're going to do well because Sound of Fear is not going to do them dirty and be like, oh, you're second from the top, guys. <laughs> they're going to play later in the day, midday, you know, and people are going to be psyched. But they're not, it's not going to be I don't think it'll crazy. be like a... People will be psyched. I think people yeah. will be psyched to see them. I don't think people will be psyched in a "we must double clothesline everybody." Everyone's moshing. Everyone's type thing, thing, which thing. did, which is a real thing that happened one time to play Sound and Fury. Craig Mack definitely double clothesline. Yes, somebody. Did. and that set was crazy. And <laughs> that and set was now, crazy. But I don't now, think it'll be that now. Now, one of the reasons that we're going to be flying out to Sound and Fury is that War Hungry's playing. So, um, but no, uh, but I mean, same I don't deal think, with Iron Age. Is that yeah, I think yeah. they're a bigger version of that War Hungry thing. And what Pat said, in a way, last last time we really talked on Iron Age, where you, you said poser magnet, and I think that term threw people for a loop. It did me. But what you meant really was that, boy, a lot of people talk about this, but then you see it, and it's like, oh, the active participants aren't there, yeah. and it seems like this is just a band people like to say they like more so than actually like, and I fucking love them. And I think that they have an opportunity to gain fans. I think the right word is that people appreciate them. Yeah. But they don't go off. Sure. Yeah. You know what? So last episode, I was the villain. I'm going to play the villain again. You know what I mean? That's your role. You picked Comic book door. Come on. Black hat. I'm the heel because like, I just killed poor Die Young who haven't done anybody wrong. Fucking terrible. so mean. Yeah, fucking Iron Age. I'm shitting on them. But like, I just... Okay, so my feeling is that on festivals increasingly... The small reunion, and I don't like. I know that War Hungry is technically not right. Like they never really broke up. Is that right? Uh, yeah. No. No. There was no like War Hungry last, last show, show right. kind of shit. I. My feeling is that that sort of thing is becoming less and less uh, worth whatever. Sorry, this sounds fucking rude as hell. It's increasingly not worth the cost to the festivals. I really what I saw at the festivals that I've been to the last 2 years, people care about what's going on right now. Yes. Like and there's not a lot going on in my opinion. I'm I'm the bitter little dude that's like, "Yo, there's not a ton popping for me." But what is happening is what people care about and I I think the softer unions, the oh you haven't played in forevers, I don't think that has the grip that it had six years ago, 10 years ago. I, I think that it's just not the thing. I think it's like, I hope War Hungry has an awesome set. You know what I mean? I really do. Right. I, I, I just uh, like, I would be kind of surprised based on who I saw at, at Sound and Fury last year if Cold World was lit. I would be surprised. And that doesn't mean I wish... I wish it. No, <laughs> no. I want. Listen, I, even the bands I shit on on this fucking podcast, I want them to go out and have a good time, and for people to enjoy themselves, and everybody to win, except for when I don't. But <laughs> uh, it, honestly, like just speaking frank, I don't. I don't know if the soft reunion matters to kids who are in the streaming era and just want what's popping right now. I would be shocked to cold, for Cold World not to get a big reaction. I feel like those dudes have like it. It still comes off. Those songs are still fucking great. They're still singing. You know what I mean? Like I feel like 
they still have grasp. And I think for Iron Age, I think it's a good time for them to come back just because there's space for bands like that now. Like when they were doing that sort of kind of like, like you were saying, like poser, like whatever. They were doing it with, with like mental. Right. And they right. were, yeah, 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 but yeah. now. They did it with mental. They did it with rise and fall. Things that didn't, yeah. they didn't. Right. But now there's like the nails of the world yeah. and all, you know, all pigs, all that, these bands that, trip, that could sell out places. 100%. If you put Power Trip and Iron Age together. It's, oh it, that's added that's, va- Honestly, that's, yeah, th- which will probably happen. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, I, I would fucking hope. So. Like, Riley coming on soon. Uh, so, but. So in that case, Iron Age is just added value. Nobody's coming for them, but anybody that sees them at a power trip show is going to fucking trip out because right, Iron sure, Age yeah. is good. Yes. You know what I mean? And they're right, and that's it. what I mean. I think like this is it's a way more welcoming time right now for a band like that yeah. than you know it might have been good, five years ago. That's a good point. Quite honestly, and, and what just so we're clear, Iron Age, the records I like, the records I don't like, are actually always shooting for a thing and trying to do a different thing per record. And I'm excited for whatever's going to come out. I just think that, like, when I said, when I was shitting on them in whatever capacity I was, it was just basically like, can I see a 23 year old pretending to care about this? And Mm -hmm. I, and I was, I was having a hard time. I think, I think you do. Because I think nowadays that sort of like crossover metallic stuff, fucking exhorter. Kids that are fucking 25 freaking out that they're going to see fucking Slaughter at the Vatican or whatever the fuck. Who the fuck liked Exhorter before? Like, no. that's an old yo, man band. Yo, I know. I, but I, an I old man band everyone for our is generation. all up yeah. on, like, everyone loves fucking SOD. Who right. loves Anthrax? Who loves this? I feel like oh, it's see, more. I mean, we, people loved Anthrax back then. But I'm saying, like, but, young but kids. But the next no, step over. No, yeah. listen, everyone it, had a fucking obituary fucking like, camel like hat. No, but, like, no, when we were 18, it wasn't. We didn't talk to dudes like an obituary. You know what I mean? No, I'm saying. No, but, like, this dude did like early three obituary covers like, at a show. The A team dudes and like Dookie, yeah. like Anthrax was Anthrax our, was our shit. Yep. That was our shit. Like you know A team would saying, cover though, Anthrax, like, and I, like, but now it's like, yo, I love but fucking it's, violence. Now it's like, this thing too is like we've covered obituary, fucking crickets. Yeah, like, and that was like, well, no, Redneck's not recently, over. recently, Redneck's, but like nobody knew like the actual song. Threatening Scott, yeah, but who's gonna sing along? Literally, kids there in obituary shirts, like, don't know it. Crickets didn't realize what we were doing, so it's kind of like. You know, there is something to what Pat was saying about they might not. But I mean, I think hardcore kids, like, they, they like to say like they like it. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, you like to but like it. But that happens with everything, and that's for sure. That's but, that's but right. that's I'm, not mad at, I'm not mad at you, 20 no. year old, who, who would like to like something I more mean, than you actually like. People act like they like Super Touch. Yeah, yo, like we can touch. talk about that like forever. Touch. I want- that I blame mental for that. Yo, nobody that, likes that. Fuck no, that that's that's on locking out. Yeah, straight definitely. up. I, and I liked them before that, but I it was. Want but it was to, I want to like Super Touch. I okay. listen. I listen to the Earth is Flat every year, and being like, maybe it'll click this year. Nope. No. Okay, Circuit for the light. Thing. Great song. That is weird. That that is weird. That I might say to you. Um, you should listen to their live on uh, NYU. WNYU because you might catch the energy. It's a live on the radio recording. Has some of their some of the songs from that, but not a lot. But a lot of their older stuff that I actually go, oh, for that late '80s time period, you might like it. It's Yo. groovy, but in a weird way, and it's and it catches their energy in a way. The Super Touch LP to me, because I got that young and kind of got. Uh, you know the this is in my first 20 records so i listened to it a fucking lot at first in as a traditionalist style thing i was like wow this is a weird hardcore record it, to me it sounded like trains Yo, like it's just a really weird listen so we opened for them at, at like a triple b thing i think yeah, a- yeah. and 
they were the dudes that I talked to in that band were like, re, like they'd never heard of us obviously. And they were really like appreciative and thought what we were doing is cool. So again, I was like, I gotta learn to like this shit. And I tried again and it's still, I actually like their record on maybe Reaper. Yeah. 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 I actually like that more yeah. than the classic material. Well, the classic, so the classic material is hard because, uh, uh, the LP is a classic, but kind of not because it came out, on the late side for the band, 91, 90, 91, yeah, 92. Yeah, 91. And the, what you guys said about mental slash locking out is 100% true. I've worked at Revelation. They still had plenty of copies of the first <laughs> press of that record available. And then this little band named Mental and Locking Out start. And all of a sudden we're selling, what's the deal with us selling these Super Touch records all of a sudden? Yep. Um, and so that's kind of the power of influence that could happen. Right. That so Riley NYU yeah. was the peak of their powers. Okay. So check all it right, out. I'll, I'll Riley Power that. Trip drops fucking Iron Age in an interview and it's all over. Okay. Right. That's what I think. Iron oh, Age you know back I mean? on the map. Yep. You know. Texas Hardcore. Uh, really cool. And there's lots of little things. And uh, just on a different tip, people from Texas... We'll drive 20 plus hours to go to a show. Yo, yes. I was just going to say, Texas and Florida have yes. some of the best support for their bands. Yes. Of oh, any they'll, they'll show up. I just, just watched that day by day America's Hardcore yes. video. Or I think it was you guys yeah. talked about yep. it. It was like yep. all the kids from Florida, and that was insane. Of Crazy. course, it was that us was that talks about it. We're the only fucking hardcore podcast but, that talks yo, about I mean, look, I'm on Twitter sometimes. But I mean, here's yeah. the other thing, and Chris can attest to this getting that reaction, particularly because you had all your friends go, yeah. especially in Boston, which is. Notoriously Boston's hard for, for bands from out of town <laughs> yeah. to get a good reaction. It's yep. hard you know? for bands just from the suburbs of Massachusetts. Yes. Right. So so that was big ups. All right. Um, next one, and this is kind of a little broader. Uh, Davis Collins from Rhode Island wrote, uh, recently stumbled. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All the nice stuff. Um, I have a question that maybe you can touch upon. Is it a good idea for newer bands to play shows before releasing any music? It might be good practice, especially for younger bands, to gain experience playing shows and perfecting their songs in a live setting before recording them. But is it smart to get yourself out there even though you don't have any recordings out? There have been instances for me where I've seen a new band, tried checking them out afterwards, and then realizing they don't have any music out, and then I end up forgetting about the new band. Also, are there specific steps a new band should take to get noticed? Interested in what you have to say. Great question. Let me break this up. The first question. Good idea to play before you release music or to release music before you play. Great idea. I honestly I honestly think you sh- you sh- you should release first. Because no, you sh- you should pl- you should play first. You should play first cuz you know what? If you just be like, "Hey, we've got a tape." I'm going to be like, "All right, that's cool." If I don't know like I, I I don't have a reason to care. It's just a tape somebody handed me. If I see your band playing, I'm like, "This was cool." And you're like, "Oh, I've got a ta- we're going to have a tape soon." I'm going to be like, "All right." Right, but I mean, I think simultaneously makes sense. Like, I think, like, if you should have a record, like... So you're saying record first and then Right, we were talking, I don't know if it was, we were talking about this or whatever, but it would be like, oh no, my friend Whitey, my buddy Kevin White, was saying, like, he's been in bands, like, that they've literally practiced for a year. That's insane. Before they bought a public. That's insane. But so that's, and that's the, that's like a weird thing. To me, that's like, you have like a project. And it's like, we're going to do this, we're going to have it ready, and we're just going to drop it like a fucking bomb and surprise the shit out of everybody. But that's the type of thing I think you can only get away with if you're kind of all, you've got like some brand name dudes involved and people, you know people are interested in what you're going to do. Right, and I think it makes sense. So like what you're saying is like if you're, 
you go out there, you kill it live, and then it gives you time to kind of get your chops up to snuff that you record something that is at, you know, kind of represents what you can do live and not kind of have like, how many times do you see a hardcore band, you go, dude, that was sick. I mean, listen to that record. And you're like, what the fuck did I just listen to? Uh, here's my take. Doesn't really matter because both are going to suck right out the gate. And they, you, it depends. You know, what I, mean? I think, I think that if you record before you are comfortable with each other, there is not a great chance of it being great. Sure. Uh, I think that if you are, it depends on what kind of band you are. One of my bands is all about the um, kind of uh, process and expressing ourselves. And the other one, we'd like people to have a good time, right? If you want people to have a good time and you are actually attuned to what's going on, playing those songs live is going to tell you what works and what doesn't. And there's something to that. Like, so if you play, if you play out 10 times and you are scanning the crowd to see what is actually resonating with people, like, listen, I say this on this podcast often. We listen to bands with 30 second songs that I think have parts that are too short or too motherfucking long. You know what I mean? 30 seconds. So, so like, so what I'm saying is that, like, it, it might, it might benefit you to play it live. Yeah, it's a different type of practice. It gives you experience. But also, like, you can visually identify what in your songs clicks and what doesn't. Clicks sure. and doesn't. Yeah. Sure. And that might, unless you are just like, hey, I've got a vision. I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want, which is cool. But if you if you want people to like what you're doing on any level, it might be worth it to be like, okay, I'm going to, uh, what seems to work? Oh, that part went on way too fucking long. Because that's the thing that like. Right, you don't realize. And you can you feel that when live. you're yes. playing yes. live too. Right. And there, so, there's a happy medium too where it's like, you can always just record your freaking band practice and give it to a couple people yeah. and see how, how it plays. Right. And I think Especially it's also now differs. easier than ever. Record yeah. it on your laptop, send those files over to your friends. Right. And it also differs. Like if you're like a young kid starting out and it's like your first band as compared to like, you know, if, if Morgado started a fucking band tomorrow, he could have his first show and his demo kind of come out simultaneously and it'd be fine. And and I say that too. And I think it's just one of those things over time. I, I lean towards, and I think right now, the consensus lean is let's record our demo and get it up on Bandcamp and then people will be hyped up yes. at our first show. Yeah. And I disagree. I, I, yeah, I see why you it's do that. It's crazy to me. No, you, I you, make a, you let your friends hear your practice or whatever and let your friends go nuts at your first and, show. And you, and you build it up that way and you kind of gain this energy and you do everything we identify. You start to f- suss out what are our good songs, what are these ones. You might have a song that you think is pretty good, and you drop it before you even go record. She's like, eh, you know what? We've been playing that. That just doesn't. We just don't like the way it you feels. You can tell when a part drags. You right, can do, and yeah. yeah, all that shit. And uh, the point about, you're totally right. New kids, you know, I kind of love that because you're workshopping in a live setting. Think about this. A good example is No Justice. They existed as a band without a live recording for 90% of their career. I, honestly, they could have gone their entire career without recording anything, and, and they'd matter. still be and it no matter. justice, and the they, legendary band. I'll straight up say I didn't know they have a record. They have a record, and it's completely forgettable. There's people who vouch for it, and I, I, I appreciate you. It's cool that you like it. Those are not the same songs they were playing live. Uh, they were playing live with songs that I saw No Justice 12 or 13 times. Fuck. Yes. And, wow. Damn. And they were awesome. And the songs he sings on the record are 
absolutely not the songs he was singing live and you can watch the videos and you can tell that and sometimes he'd sing different because he was just going fucking crazy and it was also he had been in a band with a record before and he was known Blade Timmy Crasher, Blade, Crasher. Blade Crasher yeah. he was Timmy VB or Timmy Blade Crasher yeah. before that he became Timmy No Justice and it almost had more hype. You had to go see them. Yep. Do they have any? Do they have a demo? Nope. Well, do they have shirts? S- yeah, a couple sometimes. Right, but they have the craziest right. fucking and front that, man you'll ever see. They're gonna put two go, songs and gonna destroy what, the drums. And that's what you yeah. want to. That's and what so you're going go, to see. Right. Be go hard as fuck. Don't don't worry about it. You want to be tight, cool, totally fine. I've I've known bands who went the other way, and we're like, no, no. I wanna I wanna perform live. A band, Knife Fight was like this, and and like props to them. I actually thought they were a really good band, but live they didn't have that same energy because they'd play, and the singer was really concerned. He wanted to sound so tight and right on the record. That it lost the energy that it yeah. should have. So sure. that's a weird vibe for a hardcore band. So anyway, so Davis, that's that answer. Very good question. Do you guys have? And I'll I'll pull back. I could give you some answers, but I'll let the band dudes do the talking here. Um, Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, this is Dewey Halpas, host of Peer Pleasure on the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Join me each week as I explore another long-form conversation with one of your favorite musicians, actors, comedians, or creatives. From Chino Moreno of the Deftones, John Gorley of Portugal the Man, to Fat Mike from No Effects, and Ian Mackay from Fugazi and Minor Threat, we go all over the map. From Fallout Boy to Slayer, Peer Pleasure has it all. Check us out now on Sound Talent Media. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey, and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Ideas, hints for success, cheat codes for new bands just start now. One each. Let's do one each. Bring your friends to the shows and force them to fucking lose their minds, and people will want to be part of it. That was mine. Yeah, it was the cheat code. That's that's the, that that's the like the, I said that like two weeks ago. Yeah, so I mean, the, the, but it, part and parcel to that is also you do a trash talk where every you make sure everybody sees that live performance via a video. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you make sure that like somebody in that room has a video has camera, a, yeah. Yeah. and you ta- and you talk yourself up. You do whatever the current version of Harley going around and writing Chromags on on walls is. I don't know what that would be. Yeah, yeah, right. get, go, like yeah get your stickers like, everywhere. Yeah, write start a Twitter shit. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, shit, just write it on the wall anyway. Fuck it. Sure, absolutely. All right, that's Yo, great. Great question. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, our buddy Jamie Davis, who I believe is from Virginia, uh, opinions on Richmond hardcore, old and new. You know what? I'm going to sound hella old when I say I don't know what's going on there right now. 
uh, I assume something, but yeah. I don't. I'm not plugged into that at the moment. Breakaway candy. candy. Oh, wait, I didn't Candy's realize candy can? was from Richmond. Yeah, yeah. candy. Candy is from Richmond. Yeah. For some um, reason I thought they were a shore band. Uh, the drummer is from the shore. Drummer is from the shore. Couple dudes from Western New York uh, are in the band, and couple dudes from Richmond. Main songwriter, our boy Cheddar, is from Richmond, so we're gonna give them Richmond status. Okay, Fair enough. Um, right. So there's breakaways, dope, and Zach actually, the singer, I believe, is from Buffalo and lives in L.A. Now. Down to nothing, obviously. Down, Down to nothing, nothing like, still doing it. Is it safe to say that that's like the Richmond band? Yes, they are. Yo, wait. What? I mean, now, not what, like. What, oh, right now, yeah, of course. What show did? Down to nothing play Oh New York They played New York Yeah Yeah, they played The No yes. Warning New York. Yo I was straight up Shocked at the response That they got They're so They big. never straight get A bad response up Shocked Well So they are a band Who They Took a moment In the mid 2000s They were a band Who In the south They were drawing 300 people yeah. In 2003 4 5 When they were playing In the northeast They were drawing Like 25 30 40 kids they caught on so hard in New Jersey. I was going to say the shore, the shore, and Long Island, and Long yeah, Island. Yeah. Just, just, and that is now they they will not get a bad reaction, and they still go so fucking hard live. They do, and, they're and, fun, and they deserve and, to not get a bad reaction. Yeah, I mean ever. the singer really is a hard. fucking great front man. They're tight as fuck, even when they don't mm-hmm. play that often. Y- you know what? And it's just a goes good off. time, man. It's like a vibe. It is, like, it is a really yeah. good time. Yeah. I was super impressed because I hadn't seen them in a decade. You know right. what I mean? Sure. But I. I was honestly like we talked about uh, Champion the, uh, a couple we episodes bring these ago. Motherfuckers up way too much. No, we, we talked about Champion a couple episodes, and how um, uh, kind of it might seem quaint to a kid now. Like if a kid put on Champion now, it might seem seem antiseptic. Or, yeah. Oh, or this quaint. is a nice seltzer water. I prefer Mountain Dew. Exactly. And and, and <laughs> so you're saying down to nothing is Mountain Dew? I, no, I think down that's to nothing. There's super energy. I mean, no, but I was concerned that down to nothing through a 2018 lens would be seltzer water. And what I will oh, say is the no. biggest compliment I can pay to them is that I think Turnstile's energy and their like their entire their vibe. vibe is, down is definitely, down definitely, if at the least, inspired by DTN. And absolutely, I, when I first heard Turnstile, I was like, "Oh, these guys kind of take Cold World, Trapped Under Ice, and Down to Nothing, throw that in a blender, and kind of get that energy." And that live setting, all those dudes in Down to Nothing go off. No, listen, yeah. they're they're fucking sick. I'm not saying I'm fucking. But you I, thought they were gonna be down, not I, not hit in 2018. I just couldn't. Like, if anything, I think they're somehow more relevant as a band in 2018. I, I mean, they I play think, less I, often. They yeah, kind I, think of, it, I think it waned for a minute. They've done it well. They've I, done I, it I well. I think it waned for a minute, and now what I saw, definitely back. But I just, I don't know, man. Like, it's like a, like when we talk about bands like Turnstile, we talk, like you just named four bands or three bands that they incorporate into a sound. Down to Nothing is a pretty fucking straightforward yeah. version of what they do. Yes. And I, I just don't know if that's what kids are into it's because of the energy they do it with yeah. okay that's right. it's the feeling you're, you're, you're drawn I mean? to it it's, yeah. we're talking no matter about what. It. we talk about yeah. the feeling a lot it's that sublime when you go see them yeah you're never gonna get like yeah down another they were okay they were you know. no maybe yeah, like now they like, want to stage yeah. i don't even know their fucking songs right, exactly. you know what i mean I'm, so I'm so richmond hardcore old and new old uh why don't you guys wax on the veil for a minute i mean I think they're one of the most like important punk bands ever. Um, That's strong, but I would say that every kid deserves to have a leather face and a veil period of their punk evolution. Having been around for them at the time, I, you'll never see another band like them that got that crazy cross section of people at their shows. Oh, that's a cro- that was crossover for sure. Yeah. Incredible, Absolutely. like 
when I got into stuff, and I definitely more straights, but Avail was one of the, again a first twenty record for me, and I really like it. And they appealed to me, and like the Avail Leatherface, that's a phase that I associate with the dude who's like, oh, hardcore is like too much for. I don't me. know if Avail's yeah. like that Leatherface. Leatherface is totally like that. The Avail yeah. Leatherface and Leatherface, but Avail is a band, and if you want to make the corollary to DTN, they had that energy. And their shows just popped. Didn't matter if they were playing fucking uh, a small room or playing a big show. They exploded with energy right away. Honestly, it's like um, I'm trying to think of what a comparison would be because it's a band that could play any Fat Records show but also play a hardcore show and get get the same. Not far from fucking Turnstile. No, that's you know a very what? good point that's in reality. Wow. Yeah, that's actually a good... Because Turnstile really has a wonderful point. like kind of cross-section of people, and I think Avail does too. I mean, I've seen Avail with fucking Snapcase, and I've seen... You know, we play with Avail with like fucking 400 years. Or Yo, and, and, I've and, seen them at like ABC and Aria, and, and I've seen them play Irving Plaza. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they and can they, do everything. And they have that appeal that crosses over. Like, you know, it was funny because a friend of mine sent me... Uh, something where uh, Mikey Erg from the Ergs was big upping the new Turnstile record. He's like, oh, that's cool, you know? And I'm like, yeah, it's cool. I mean, you know they're on the cover of Spin Magazine, right? So it's like a big... But he's not really that like fucking No, but he's like, oh, no, but that's what he was saying. He's like, no, it's like they're getting the big up from Spin and the fucking New York Times, but also this dude who's on this punk shit, like pop punk weird little world. New Brunswick basement. Right, but but that that band's big. Ergs? Yes. No, listen, I know... Is this still a band? They're yeah. Like, I mean, they they came back and they played with the Descendants and like help sell the help sell out. They sold out Starland Ballroom. No, listen, I I, like, yeah, I know. I but anyways, but but he you know in a totally different world was getting and that was a veil. They totally broke through a of lot everything. of different walls of that. Yeah, show. yeah. Uh, weren't so, afraid, yo. And and in that way, and I I always like the way Pat and you should talk about this sometimes. You get on the stage and you're competitive as fuck, and you were like, "I am going to kill motherfuckers." Yeah, I want to kill every band that we play with. I feel like a veil took that energy, and they didn't care. Oh, we're playing with Earth Crisis and Ignite. Oh, cool. We're playing with Less Than Jake. Oh, cool. We're gonna fucking steal this show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, they had a guy strictly. His entire job was to do that. Bobo, right? D- the dancer. So, to kids that uh, aren't familiar, uh, Chris is being quiet through this whole thing. Yeah, uh, I respect the veil. Never did a goddamn yeah. thing for me. Real, it's, I, you know what? Listen to never, him as a 39 year old man. I never got into a veil. I never had an avail period. I never saw a veil. My Richmond like music knowledge is like bar fight. Okay. Yep. 804. Yep, and then down to nothing on. Cast aside. Yeah, cast yeah. aside. Yeah. That's what cast I was aside. thinking. Yeah, I figured Fuck. you wanted to go to cast aside. I, I totally forgot. Hard cool. band. I'm sorry, Richmond. Uh, I know avail's like your band. I want to throw. I am Friday. I never. Let me throw one really one really old one and then we'll talk a few more new ones. Um, Four Walls Falling is an older band. Whoa! And I know me and Pat have talked on it. I Down actually, with it. you are. See, so there's another one yeah. for our list where all three of us like. There's a lot of them. Yo, Four Walls Falling is doesn't get love. DTN. Shock. Yo, we. I think we actually listened to that at our apartment. So good. Four Walls Falling. DTN covers them on one of those Rev singles, and showed a little love. That band's awesome. Those dudes still kind of into hardcore, whether that matters or not, doesn't matter. But that's a record that totally nobody talks about. It was never that big of a thing, but they were a band who were around, and that was in a time we talked about. Richmond became a place that people migrate. Was that was that a Richmond band? Yeah. Okay. Because Richmond ba- straight I knew the up name, Richmond but band. I didn't know they were like a Richmond. You know, that, band that that uh, the record they did a record on Action Pact that became Jade Tree, and then the LP was on Jade Tree. But back so, then Richmond was weird. Richmond, it wasn't like a 90, hardcore. Right. It was nothing. It was like sort of like weird, crusty. Kind of yeah. like when a veil was hardcore, the band. you went to Baltimore. 
Right. There were no down to nothings in the no, early no, mid no, to no, night. No, like, no, no, no. We would literally go play and it'd be like, oh, it's That's fucking S Factor 4 my or whatever. Well, and now I did I did get the um the insider trading thing on this of the what was Richmond like in the nineties? Uh, so thank you to anonymous person who talked about this. They said that shows would be really fucking big, really big. Yeah, uh, late nineties kind of stuff uh, across the genres, um, metalcore, more straightforward shit, whatever. But no one would move um, out of fear for certain things, <laughs> which we can discuss, but not like yeah. Um, and that people would come up to the merch tables and be like. You guys were awesome. I'll take three shirts. I'm sorry no one went off for you. Like that style. Because there was like a presence that would scare people. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. But but so that stuff turned... I'm out of it. Is that the same presence that's there now? No, no, no. It's okay. evolved. Okay. All right. You the know, older uh, version, probably. Correct. Um, but then, uh, you know, shout outs to all the Richmond Zoos. Going to shows there is fun and it has been for over... A decade, which right. is more than you can say most. And places. I would chalk that up to down to nothing and down to nothing and dudes. The and down Bella. to nothing vibe goes hand in hand with the United Blood vibe. Yes, that's a party band and a party time. And they yeah. don't play United Blood every year, and that's good. But also, if they play, you should fucking go and watch that. Cause that it's a party. what was it, like two years ago? Was yep. the last time that? Holy yep. shit, that yep. was fantastic. so. Uh, and and a thing that doesn't get talked about a lot. When the Brace War demo came out, that was a minute. That was a moment. People yeah, really freaked oh, out about shit. that. Oh, shit. People yeah, fucking... Yeah, yeah. Because it. it wasn't. Again, DTN was sort of like... Cast aside was the older dudes, and they took DTN out with them, and they did shit together. But then there were no contemporaries per se. Count Me Out, Virginia. They were Richmond, but they were on their own thing. Time Flies were Virginia Beach and Richmond, eventually become Richmond, but they were on their own thing. DTN was all by themselves. And then Brace War comes out and then begins a lineage of bands that goes through Swamp Thing and goes into some bands today, Breakaway, uh, Straight Edge band who's been doing it and just keeps Absolutely. going with it. You know? What's up, Ace? Yeah. He's <laughs> going to be on soon. Great dude. Ha- definitely have him on. And, and big on, and like they have a scene that really supports what they got going on. So I don't like every band from Richmond, but I don't. And we didn't really talk about this because your bands would play the basement scene of Richmond, which was a different thing entirely. That's true, actually. We, wow. And right. I hadn't thought about this in a long time. We played the, uh, there was a screamo scene in Richmond. Wow, this how did I totally blank on this? We you're those, older than me. Some of our earliest shows were in Richmond basements. And there was like a um uh I want to say fuck, help me out. Uh yeah. uh the kid that was the original drummer for Interpol's label. What was it? Oh, uh, uh no, um fuck. Um it, Screamo basically yeah. when I say Screamo, I don't mean like Gravity Records. No, I, I, no, no. I'm, I'm trying to describe what it is. Like, Transistor, Transistor sort yes. of stuff. Do you okay. know what I'm talking so about? So it was like... It was, it was like, like uh, Engine Down and stuff? <sighs> no, no, no. It was no, like, it, was, it was slightly not indie, but indie dirt basement. Yep. Some mathiness to it. Yep. All um, correct. And like, and in reality, there definitely was some tension there right. between that well, and where was deep like, down where, to nothing Where was like Majority Rule from? Weren't oh, they? You Richmond? know what? That might be Richmond. Yeah, it might be. I'm not sure. Like, I, I feel know. like, wasn't it like Page 99 and Pig oh. Destroyer? Not Pig Destroyer. Page 99, oh. City, of Cal- City of Caterpillar, all those bands. All that shit. Yeah. They, I don't know if they were Virginia Beach, but they were all Virginia bands, I thought. Um, what the hell? So while we're talking about this, Pat, look it up. I wanted, I'll shout out Virginia Beach. That's always been a scene that had weird shit. We talked about Blade Crasher. Talked about No Justice. 
Um, somebody brought a paper trail. We should talk yeah. about Iron Boots. Should talk about Victim, the band who sound. If you like AF, uh, Cause for Alarm and Victim in Pain, you should listen to Victim. Victim was cool. Yeah, um, was cool. Iron Boots, I never got into. No, were they like it, the kind of Warzone type band? They, they were the like very war, Warzone. They sounded Warzone. like Warzone with Greg Sane. Greg Mungo, you think? No, Greg Mental. Greg, oh. Mental. I thought he sounded I kinda, like rabies. I, I thought, thought he sounded like a little bit more. Maybe that's what I'm thinking about the time I saw them live. I thought maybe he had like. He kind of they were adjacent to the walking bit. out vibe a I little know. bit. I mean, I, I never got into them, so that, but I associate them with two things, and that's sounding like Warzone and the singer making me think of Greg. Right. Okay. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I fucked with Iron Boots Heavy. Um, which is a cool combo don't, don't get me wrong no. for whatever reason I never my boys in Tar Pit uh, and yeah so Virginia Beach and those are two worlds that are very different despite being like an hour apart So and they had some weird yeah there was, like, yeah, there was, a, there there was a, absolute tension for yeah. a long time but even weird like <laughs> old new Kermit. we played a very weird show in Virginia Beach yeah this, that's, that's the only type of show that happens yeah, so it was, a weird place. it was literally in probably 1997 1998 it was Indecision Orchid yep. Blood for Blood I saw. Oh boy! Yeah, that is. A weird oh, it was show. on. The, it was on that indecision orchid blood for blood, blood tour. Right, right, <laughs> right. Okay. We played like a skate park, and I was like, "What Yo, the fuck is going on here?" That would be an incredible video to watch. I would watch that. That sounds so fucking funny. It was so weird though, and the orchid dudes were like, they were so put off by us. Never mind what was going on for the dudes from Boston. <laughs> Holy fuck! It was fucking. It was, I, and it was another band, and we also played a show. It was. Most special button the Chromags with with majority rule and page ninety nine who all rolled up together in a fucking flatbread uh, in a in a, a in a pickup tr- flatbread and <laughs> um, a pickup truck a panini <laughs> they all came in a fucking panini um, in a uh, in a pickup truck and open for the Chromax. It was really fucking weird. The label I was thinking of was Level Plane. Yes. And it's crazy that that wasn't on the tip of my tongue. But but uh, that is that it was that scene. Yeah. Right. It, it was that there was a bunch of those bands in Richmond and there was a tension because I remember hanging with the dudes being like, yeah, we get along with the down to nothing guys, but we don't go to those shows. You know what I mean? And, we, and they don't. Yeah. Right. Like and. I think that we would be entering, uh, talking on uh, people that uh, still punch people in the head if we went any further on that subject. But uh, yeah, they're, the guys that with my body type were avoiding those shows for a reason. Yeah. So anyways, Richmond Hardcore, big shout out, Virginia. Um, good question. All right, let's see. Do we go on a heavy one? Hit me. Okay. This one is anonymous. So... Um, Oh, so I got to get closer. Sorry. Let's do this. Sorry for the silence. Axe to grind with no warning. Okay. Uh, I have no axe to grind. I liked that last record, the new one. Oh, that was the title of the email, but that's okay. Oh, okay. Oh, oh I yeah, thought... Bob doesn't have an axe to grind. Yeah, I don't think warning. anyone in this room has an actual no. axe to grind. No. Okay. No, and Pat, Pat is, is said on other episodes, not a huge fan. Not a fan. Yeah, I thought that fun. last thing they did was cool, but uh, no axe. Ill Blood never did anything for you, huh? No. That I, is a hard record. And what's crazy is that I like the stuff that I think everybody just assumes ripped it off completely, right? Like, I think that early Cruel Hand material is fucking great. And it's such a rip it's off. very no it's very right, So it was Guns Up gun, Backtrack gun, for a you know gun, Backtrack a little bit Guns Up is the most No warning thing To ever no warning That's what yeah. everybody no says But in my memory Guns Up was much moshier Am I wrong? But you know what it, uh, Guns no, Up Guns crunchier. Up was much more popular 
And okay. so they Much had more, more actual moshing. And they, they there took, were like, no warning shows where parts, nobody yeah. went. Absolutely. Even before Suffer Survived. Absolutely. They played with like mental and righteous jams like at like the height of locking out at the Elks and it was the bands. Well, and 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 those and it's uh, this the hidden secret is that mental uh, righteous jams are a little better better, but mental never did super great in Boston. No, yeah, I mean, other than the Planet Mental record release, record release was like the big show. Ones. The record releases were the big show. Yeah, the Planet Mental three, record release, yeah. that record release. Yep. All right, so let me get into the yeah. question here. Uh, dude asked to keep it out. So I am a 33 year old dude who's been involved in the hardcore since I was a teenager. Plenty of bands have cut their teeth in the hardcore scene, move on to bigger and better things, and then are welcomed back. Generally speaking, though, those bands don't shit talk hardcore once they outgrow it. No warning release, suffer, survive. Yes, they do. Right. Yes, yeah. they do. Is correct. Which is a mediocre Sum Forty One record, and we we've talked about this. We kind of disagree. It's definitely not a mediocre Sum Forty One. Yeah. I I don't think there's some Sum Forty One riffage in there, and it's really? not on the good songs. I also don't think Sum Forty One. Uh, like a mediocre Sum 41 is like a, what's a good Sum 41 you know what I, mean? like I, I don't understand I don't understand, I don't understand what the yeah. inference right, is right. so anyways a mediocre Sum 41 record I think it's saying Sum 41's bad and this is worse um, and I don't blame them for trying to cash in on the wave of weird popularity they side to the Linkin Park record label whatever but why are they welcome back to the hardcore community after talking shit on it for so long I saw them on tour with Papa Roach and Ben Cook literally stood up there and said don't worry the hardcore robots will be gone shortly Look, I get that they were probably trying to play the new jams for their mall goth crowd or whatever. Good use on mall goth crowd <laughs> or whatever really made it. But I mean, I don't think they had a crowd. So no, whatever no, going. no, definitely not. But not play ill blood or don't. Don't play it and then complain when people are co- going off for your band. And I know I'm coming on strong here, but I didn't watch them when they played United Blood last year. I didn't watch them when they played in my hometown after that. I still refuse to listen to their new records, the 7-inch or the LP. They don't get to jump shit, talk shit, and then come crawling back like nothing's happened. That's bullshit. Help me understand why No Warning gets a free pass back into the good graces of hardcore when any other band would be excommunicated indefinitely. Okay. Uh, well, number one, I, I got some things. Hold right. on one second. Well, and should uh, I say the last? And also, the weird white power demo shit, I do not fuck with this band. Okay. Number Firstly, one, let me say there's a lot to unpack. In fact, sir, yeah. you are coming on a bit. And, and let me yeah, read this P.S. as well. After thinking on this, maybe only Harley gets a pass like this band in the way that he's gone back and forth with the hardcore scene. But Harley wrote what? best wishes. But Harley wrote best wishes, and Ben Cook asked me to leave the merch table if I didn't want his autograph. So fuck him. So <laughs> truly, I, okay, yo, emailer, that you sounds right. It, so quick. Next time, lead, next time, lead with that. Yeah, exactly. So, That's so, the axe to grind. You, we got you the had yeah. you had a personal axe to grind here. Um, Harley wrote Best Wishes, and that's a fine record. But if you're going to lean with Harley wrote something like Dude, Age of Age Quarrel, of dude. Quarrel. Yeah. Yeah. So, so all right, Chris, give us some right. But okay. even the whole crawling back thing, yeah. Look, to what? Let's let's be really, really honest here. Every single hardcore band and dude that you respect and love went through their I fucking hate hardcore phase, and the uh, difference is is that I never did. We've had some talks, motherfucker. <laughs> I, no, but not in the, like, front street. I, I'm not like saying it's all at the same level, but like the ev- Warzone had a metal record. Like, if you don't, every band's got a dudes- weird record. And the thing is, with No Warning, is No Warning happened to have that period in a time where it was really easy for that 
for what's going on in your head to just get jumped right out there and get spread out to everybody. And also, Ben kind of has a, has or had a persona of being a cocky asshole. And those I mean, he was in a blitz shirt just as much as he was when he was on stage at fucking So I'm just saying, Revolution. that dude's taking like, some of those interactions and, and, and statements way too literally. And this is one thing that uh, they have always been a pretty easy target. When they put out Ill Blood... They they were getting flack because the songs were too rappy. That's ill yep. blood, not suffer survive. Right, ill blood. It was like, Ew, this is too bouncy, and it is which, very bouncy. But but not but in a so way good. like, dude, I mean, it's a hardcore record. It's yeah. undeniable. It's so, bouncy in a mad. So is it all all lyrics pretty much in hardcore rhyme. And there's so if you if you if you aren't just <laughs> playing as fast as you can, you're probably gonna kind of sound like you're rapping. And a so bit. one of the big why that's always such a weird. I like that observation. No, and and I think a big issue was that they got targeted. They were an easy target. They were very because much they weren't target. big. Dudes, big scary dudes. So they got flack for and that. And they were cocky little. Dudes. Yeah. Do you yeah. think? And, it, it and they it. had bad reps. I said this on one of the episodes. Yep. Those dudes were on the fucking bad trading list. They'd steal records from fucking dudes. But yo, I never had any problems with them. They, they are. I consider them close friends. You're and, you're NWC. Yeah. And I, you know, and I, but I completely understand why there are people that still have an axe to grind over them and why that's a big deal to them. Thanks and for my playing it, bringing that, our, uh, yeah, thanks for bringing uh, that in. You're welcome. I, I had to at some point because I don't really have a lot of axes in, in, hanging that's, around. That's not true, but okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right, all right. I might. I might. I'd have to think about so, it. So here, here's my take as a non-fan. Yeah. Uh, I fully get why people did gr- have an axe to grind with yeah. them. Fully. Like, if you're an earnest as fuck, 22-year-old hardcore dude, and this cocky selection of fucking, like, who are yous comes into your fucking town. Right. Like, yo, from I, Toronto. Yeah. Like, hey, not from, like, the Bronx. Like, like please, from get, Toronto. The, please yeah. get the fuck out. Like, Those are city kids, though. Those but, dudes grew up yeah, in no, the No, not bad, kids. but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but, not, it's not the Bronx. But as a grown man, and this is what I would urge. The, 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 the emailer. Yeah, I don't know if that's, I didn't, what the it's name anonymous. was, if that's a man or a woman. But, like, as a grown person. Yo, I love the heels. You know what I mean? Give me the heels. Right. Ben is a heel. That's Always his role. Uh, I w- I hated on it when I was a kid. You know what I mean? And love it as a fucking Yo, and, adult. And, and on a slight insight, he's kind of a really nice guy. I mean, you know, he might be a dick. He might be cocky. But he's also... I've had very pleasant interactions with him over time. It's same. Yeah. It's sort. It's hit when he when he's doing like no warning interviews or whatever. I think he turns the volume up to eleven. That's all. He puts on the character. Yeah. Yeah. Which mm. which, which again? That's just my opinion. He and I have never talked about that. No. That's, right. That's I my take. That's my. I, I agree totally. Yo, I mean, straight up, we keep going back to Seb from episode one, uh. who is young and likes everything to be as it appears on the surface. It. it he likes it to be ex- as advertised. That is you, but like, the reality is that a lot of dudes, a lot of people a lot of figures in this fucking scene like there is an element of uh of of acting you know what There's i mean a drama to the whole there, thing yeah. right and it, nobody's and doing no that thrived on drama and, absolutely and what i'm saying is like it do, it what the hard part to understand until i think you don't understand this until you've been in a band a long time is it that doesn't make that that might not be my steez but that doesn't make it if sincerity is what matters to you it doesn't make it less sincere. It's literally just another aspect of this person's life and pers- and personhood that they are 
mainlining for yes. the purposes of this thing. The same way everyone that it, has a persona. Well, I'm, what I'm saying is that like if you dropped me 135 pounds into a fight pit somewhere, I would be like, I would have to be like, okay, I guess this is the aggro yeah. version of me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like if you shirts off, shirts <laughs> the shirts coming off. Of course it is. And, and if you. If and likewise, if you drop me on an island with nothing but like, you know, uh, sea turtles, you know what I mean? You'd see the like the caring version of me. That's like that's like oh sea turtle, let me help you out here. Right, but like, I'm hungry, so I'm gonna eat. You too. Well, yeah. so the point is that like stages are a different circumstance than the rest of your life, and they can often bring out parts of yourself. So like. I say Ben's got a bit, right? Like he's got a gimmick, he's got like a heel turn thing, so whatever. But like, I mean, that is part of who he is. I That's presume. In there, so yeah. And let me give yeah. a, a story because I think some of the stuff he's hitting on are at a time when I think those dudes from No Warning were like, yeah, we have an opportunity here. This Warner Brothers subsidiary with the Lincoln Park thing, um, Machine Shop, I think it was called. Yeah. Because uh, I I worked for a brother company to that which was weird but um those were going come for about it. like how did they get, get on that radar was it, that's a whole story was it like some 41 it was like uh, greg whatever his name was like some 41's manager or something yeah, yeah well, i'm it. just gonna say something that's not cool canadian bands have it easier i don't give a fuck what anybody says like <laughs> i mean it's our lady peace straight up canada Coco is this, Navi, like we talked about this earlier yo i i get state support i'm going to i'm going to sound like a hater Right, but in reality, you take what you're offered or you can get. Nobody's mad at you for taking the opportunities in front of you. That said, anybody who tells me it's not easier to be a Canadian band is full of shit. (laughs) It is easier to be a band in Canada than it is in the United States, straight up. Right, you sell like 35 records, you go platinum. It's fucking well, well, and I mean, well, there's just like we talked, yeah, something like that. Just like we talked about with uh, some of these programs they have in Canada. there's a certain percentage of the media that has to be Canadian made, mm-hmm. so that you get more right. attention Actors right there. Actors and yeah. musicians. Well, and, yeah. and you, like what's on TV, ads, everything has right, to be right, fair, right. at least you know. And then there is state support for artists and arts. So again, another like, oh shit, these these countries have a good idea. So let me get this. And story. they got the nicer side of the Ni- Niagara Falls. They sure did. That's they true. Did. So so. Anyways, they're on this, and I think they were in a weird downtime and had a weird relationship with hardcore as a scene you know, at that and time. And I don't too. want to interrupt you, but it did just occur to me with the Suffer Survive No Warning era. Yes. There are two distinct parts of that. There's the era where they were still hardcore kids doing that, and there was the era when they had like fucking long hair and scarves that came around towards the end of that. And I think a lot of their attitude is in response to. To the attitude they got oh, before no anyone even heard that record, just when they heard about the no move, no doubt, two hundred percent. So you, yeah, you can't. And, and this you is can't dudes. blame Ben for being a dick when everyone was like, "These guys are sellouts." Is that before they ever? heard And it. by the way, while everybody's calling these fuckers sellouts, those dudes were also doing this little band called Violent Minds. Mm-hmm. Which was Zach, who was in had, Shark. It was in No Warning at this time. Yep. Shark Attack. Summers they were Shark Attack. Mm-hmm. Summers was in it later, and they because crimin- those they dudes, it was Ben and DeLong, DeLong, and they didn't. You know, you know what? Later. You know what? Though your side project hardcore band buys you nothing. In buys you no credit. Buys you no credit. But don't, but but they don't pretend still, it doesn't mean that they weren't into hardcore. Duh, yeah, and so and so here's what my story goes. Because then they get Chris identified something. There were two eras of that, and they get into the scarves. I'm on same members. Basically, yeah. There was yeah. no like weird scabs. It was Zach was in and out because he had some yeah, stuff. Yeah, it was but, either Zach or it was Gavel. Yeah. So so then right. they uh, we're on uh, Mental Righteous Jams R and R tour, uh, two thousand five, two thousand six, something like that. 
we're in LA. We go to the vegan vegetarian diner. What's the spot that's been there forever? Spiral? Swingers? Swingers. 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 Spirals. Uh, and who walks in? The dudes from No Warning. And you know what they do? Psyched to see everyone. Hugs and high fives. Come sit down. Hang out. Just like nothing had ever been different. Yep. They weren't like rock stars. They didn't dick. They were psyched as fuck. And those dudes were always cool about it. Fast forward a couple years. Those dudes are at the fucked up record release shows. Those dudes are supporting. Fast forward a little more. Ben's doing uh, his like power pop shit. Uh, Marvelous Darlings, Young Governor. Yeah. Fast forward, he's in Fucked Up and has been doing that. You know, like those dudes have all continued doing music. We said that. So why were they welcomed back to the hardcore scene? Because people really like those fucking records. That's it. And because the people, I think the people like us who never, who never like, we've all been, we've never gone anywhere. Those of us that are still here, we're still friends with them and we still hung out with them and still talk to them when we saw them. And that Surfer Survive record has got some fucking great it's, songs on there's it. There's some good songs on it and, and to call it a solid record, you might say, yeah, they had autograph tents. Yeah, that was weird. It was they really probably had thing. to. They it's definitely kind of had to. That's, yeah, that's part and parcel of the package. With and that they price. signed up for like, okay, it's like we're going to go band for this had and it didn't work. Right. I, I, listen, I think that if that had happened now, I... I, I Talk about like a post Lana Del Rey era where we like the trans <laughs> we like the transparency of you doing the corny thing and being self aware about doing the corny thing. Yes. If they did what they did back then, if they did that today, and could say, "Yeah, we're at the fu- we're at the signing tent. Our fucking manager makes us." Goddamn. Yeah. It. What do you think we're gonna say? No, we had to do this, man. Like, Come on. Or, or I would say every goddamn band on Warped Tour. Is at the signing tent, right? Whether or not they want to, yeah. But and but, you for goddamn every band on Project Revolution is at the signing tent, right? So uh, one, one thing we do have to go back to, though, we white, will, white, let me white, jump through this because I want to touch on that. White okay, power demo? That, yeah, I don't want that to We're kind not, of be left out there. Lost. I'm, yeah. I'm glad you said that out loud. Yeah, I I, you don't get too political on this. I don't. I don't see you no. demure away from things. But that is one that in 2018. Will clang in a kid's head like we just hit him with a fucking nail gun. Like, do, do people you know, even know about that? In I don't know. I don't know. I don't. Do this kids is know so, about no warning in twenty. So this is here. Let me let me stay up and then I'll yeah, let you, you go, go here first. because I'm gonna. Uh, if you email us, there's a very good chance that we're going to reply. Um, I did say I think three. All three of us have very different perspectives on no warning. Uh, maybe even a suffer survive listening parties in our future. So oh, we'll fuck, see. That'd be fun. Um, I asked him, there have been many mans who've jumped ship, so to say, have come back. Some have left the ship, but who certainly, who've never left the ship, but certainly dabble in, would be very happy with being on a bigger plane of existence. Do you feel the same animosity? <laughs> sorry, sorry if that's too strong. Feelings towards other bands. Do you think people younger than you in hardcore feel the same way? It's sort of an interesting topic. So he replied, um, I don't have the same feelings of animosity towards bands like Quicksand Orange 9mm. They were definitely more radio-friendly bands born from hardcore that picked a different genre to appeal to. And I love Quicksand, one of my favorite bands, period. I love Orange 9, too. And you love Orange 9. And I'm not big on Orange 9, but if you think those dudes weren't toasted on hardcore, you got another thing coming. Yeah, For that's sure. kind of what I was trying to say. Yeah, that Bands thing. like Harm's Way, Code Orange, Ignite, and Title Fight are also sick because they're doing their own thing while maintaining the intangibles and very elastic hardcore ethics. Hmm, okay. Yeah, not mad at that. But I, th- I think some of those dudes in like Code Orange are like, 
younger and haven't been in it as long as like dudes in Quicksand or aren't. Oh, sure. I don't know. Oh, and, no, but I, I also think those dudes aren't toasted on hard. And I also think no. it's slightly apples and oranges. Correct. The thing that sticks out about No Warning is that they left, saw their crowd as dumb and immature, shit on those folks who gave them this jumping off point, and then came crawling back after the aggro shit fell flat. See, I, see, well, hold on. Let me finish I, this. I don't hear the crawling back part. I don't... No, there's no, no crawling. No, to maybe, what? maybe some crawling in your skin, but not much else. Hey, oh. you get, wow, you, that's a good one. <laughs> I worked for Lincoln Park, so... If you get burned out Sell on out. hardcore, it was cool. If you get bun- burned out on hardcore, I understand. It's a youth-centric movement, and people change or mature or grow up. But I think it's bullshit that people welcome them back with open arms after such a dramatic falling out. But maybe I'm the immature grudge holder. Maybe. That's that's true, yes. Based on the reaction they got at United Blood and the fact they are still playing gigs and released a new record. I thought I think he didn't watch them at United Blood. Maybe you saw the video after. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and released a new record. I think it's plainly obvious that the younger generation does not feel the same way that I do. So I guess that makes me an old dude now. Get the fuck off my lawn, Ben Cook. So <laughs> quick, <laughs> right. quick note. Cause he's, good at, he's good at the closing segments. Yeah, he really yeah. hit it. I want to thank you for the email, and it was really good. And if you guys have hot takes like this you want to send us, we'll read them and we'll talk about shit. I mean, he's got a um, point to a point. But yeah, and but what I think is so cool in 2018 there's a lot of things that millennials get shit on about which is a fucking weird thing like don't shit on young people come on man um the idea of selling out kind of doesn't exist the idea of like oh these dudes wanted to make it big and then they didn't and then they kept doing the thing they like it's not a big thing and i actually got called out at some point, we're going to talk about money because money is this really dirty thing in our subculture. Less, less and less now. Yeah, but, but it should be never. But so anyways. But now, let's be realistic. Turnstile in 2002 or what mm-hmm. people could be like, fucking sellouts. They signed to a, you know, a major label. They're yep. trying to go for it. Yes. And you know, say you know, Time and Space back then didn't do well. And they came right. back and they, their next record was on fucking Bridge Nine. Or, or like, no, that, or then they didn't do another record for a long time, but did other musical projects in this broad-speaking yeah. world. And then we're like, hey, let's do a Turnstile record 10 years later. Well, here's the deal. I, I, listen, again, I'm no no warning defender because I genuine like I don't mean shit to me. Yeah. But I I don't see it as a crawl back because it was a here's a new record, take it or leave it. Oh, you like it? We'll do shows. You know what I mean? Like it it wasn't and, like right. Like the first time back, they made a grip of money. Now they're like touring. Right. And because I'm gonna they be want, really sorry, Tom. No, please. I was saying I'm gonna be really honest. I kind of like the new record more than I like Ill Blood. Yo, I like really? it. Really? Yeah, think. I kind of do. I think wow. it's a heavy record. It's yeah, it's a fantastic I like it a record. Lot. I, like I don't it a know lot. if it's just because I'm older and I've listened to Ill Blood 1300 right. goddamn times, and I've heard and it's hardcore records that sound like No Warning 1500 goddamn times. I think the new record is that's like a fantastic. Spit take yeah, that's, we might that's have we're gonna one, yeah. pull that to quote out. I mean, it's pretty sick. It's yeah. a really good record. I love that it's a uh, the cover art is kind of a rip of a weird like free yeah. jazz record or some shit. It's yeah, really see, weird. So, so it reminded t- me of In Effect. Absolutely. Rightly. So to, to answer that dude, uh, I think what just happens to be the reality is he is the actual perfect age to still be angry at this because yeah. it's the tipping point. It, it, yeah, yeah, you're just a little younger than us. He's well, kind of older at the than cutoff them. age for when that sort of thing mattered. Yeah, right. You were probably really not young say that, that it that shouldn't matter, but uh, right, and, it kind of like, doesn't anymore. Like for me, that's like I'm maybe I'm too old to care, but like I I feel him. I think he won't care in a year and a half, but right. but I feel him. But um, let's be realistic. I'm sorry to interrupt. Yes. But like on this topic, so like would this man or woman have the same problem with say H2O? 
H2O signed to a major label, covered a goddamn Madonna song. The next record was on fucking Bridge Nine because they failed miserably. Mm -hmm. They got brought back. Everyone, no one had a problem with them. It's the same difference. You got to shoot your shot. If you got an opportunity, you take it. Uh, and this is coming from me, a dude that uh, will self-sabotage at any Yeah, cost. that with one band will shoot every shot and the other will refuse to take a shot forever. I won't take forever. a fucking shot. Yeah. So like, but like, you get an opportunity, you take it yes. simp- simply because life is more exciting when you take opportunities. Yeah. You just open doors until you fall down a pit and that's it. And, and that's And we miss life. 100% of the shots you don't take exactly right. by Michael Scott. Exactly right. Wayne Gretzky. So, so, <laughs> so, so let's do the the uh, white power conversation. <laughs> so, so I think uh, I gotta go answer the door. I'll be back. <laughs> so this is the Homer Simpson fading into the bush. Yeah, no, yeah. go ahead. Let's dig in. I know nothing about this. A so. lot of silence coming up here. Okay, so uh, Morgado, you could actually maybe clarify. You helped write some of the lyrics, so <laughs> no, why don't God, you? you? Uh, <laughs> no, all right, I, let's not say things that aren't true. It's not true. Um, I was only joking. So okay, I, so I can tell you what I know about it. I've pretty much never discussed this with them. I know what they're. Their, I guess their stock answer is to yes. this, and I know how the whole thing came Let's give came stock about. answer first. All right, so the answer that they will give you is they have a friend uh, who I believe has passed on, uh, so I don't want to say anything. Yes, no name. You know, yeah, um, but I guess he had a recording studio, and when they, I don't know if it was, I think they were demoing songs. Yes, demoing stuff for And me. he, for whatever reason, thought it would be funny to ch- write White power lyrics for the songs over some of the songs that he songs. had heard them. Yeah, to, and so like he, he what era put, is this? He, this is post right in be, right in between before the Ill Blood and Ill Blood. So it would be Ill Blood songs. It's with, Ill Blood demos. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, and uh, and so he did that. You know, and he just you know for a lark or whatever, and uh, they were like, okay, they're you know they were kind of immature. About yeah, it. And they, they were like, oh, they so were they the like same ages it. as me, yeah. and right. we were young. Like, and yeah, we're, we're idiots maybe. laughing at fucking Monkey Bite or whatever the fuck this Monkey band was. Yeah. Monkey right. Fellow. Yeah. Just, yeah. And uh, and I feel like part of that might be that they're Canadian, and so they might not have the same intrinsic racist as they have in America. No, but not, no. not have the same vehement, like, res- was that, did I pronounce that? I don't vehement. Know. Yeah. The same vehement response to that kind of humor as yeah. Americans might do. Yeah, I, I got the hottest take in the world here. So, okay, so firstly, yeah, he explained it well that it, it's it was a lark. So that let's make that clear. So for people that think what no warning had like a biohazard, like you know what I mean, yeah, where like yeah. there's something early in their history that is ne- like oh they used to be Nazis. No, no, no nothing clear, official. I mean biohazard. This was not that like was a literally official these demo. Dudes, yeah, these this dudes, was not like a real recording. No, this is not something that they put out and sold to people. No. It's something that got played for some Massachusetts friends. And one of the Massachusetts friends played it for a different friend that did not find it funny. Did not find it funny. And put it on blast. It it also in the the early stages of the internet. Total clarity. It is not representative of their views, nor nor has it ever been. No. And those dudes are are guys who were in the hardcore, well in the hardcore for for that, and they were fucking tolerant dudes. Probably had the fucking stock seventeen-year-old anti-racist songs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like these are dudes. Who were not on any sort of tip like that, and it's fucking obvious. Did that ever make make it out? Like, did people actually hear this, or is it I all? Think it, it was always a legend to me, but I think it's been out. It, I'm, I don't want to say you should go look for it, but I'm fairly certain that at some point in the history of the Bridge Nine Board, somebody media fired it to so, a bunch of so people. I'm sure that happened. I'm going to deliver okay. what is not at all a hot take for me, but I guess is is like I see nothing wrong with this and find it totally bizarre that people do. 
Like so, it's because it was taken as the band Supports doing us. that. Right. They thought yeah. it this was is the, 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 the way project. the way the way it was seen was what even even not, thought that not was a side no, no, project. Let's not even say it's a side project. I mean, yes, that was that, that was somebody's take on. It. Yeah, somebody's take on it. But the real deal. <laughs> let me give the real deal. Was that it was these dudes are shitty because they'd think this is even funny to do and record and show to people like ha 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 here we're so funny and we made these funny racist joke songs and it wasn't that case and it became it became an urban legend of that time period okay. Yo. And, it, and that and it had real life consequences yeah pause your numbers 2002 and, and it had real life consequences in it it kind of made people pick sides of like yeah. oh do you support these dudes do you support this dude who is casting the aspersions Yo, I don't have time for this this is the goofiest fucking thing in the world I hate everybody who has a strong feeling about this fuck you fuck your mother don't fucking fuck with me like I hate I, I seriously cannot if you're in the room with me and you said this shit I might act weird that is fucking weird that you don't understand what motherfucking satire is Fuck you. That's crazy to me. Yo, if I do a... Wait a second. So, am I to believe that people knew that these motherfuckers weren't with this and... But still got angry at them doing a fucking parody. But if you, had an, if you had if you had an axe to grind with them, it wasn't a parody. I don't know it if parody was, is the right word. It's just that it was like... It was, it was it was a bad joke. It was a bad a joke. Yeah, that was taken uh, way, way too, too far serious. and and, and it attributed got out. to people, and yeah. then it got out, and it was, and it could be used against the band, and if someone had yeah. something to go and it against went them, right they could. at the time that Ill Blood was about to come out. I think I just made the waveform spike when I crushed this. Yeah, mic. you were going. I am <laughs> so fucking angry at the idea that anybody could be angry at people. It did legitimately it's a fucking hurt them. gag, it did. you weirdos. I remember all of this, but I didn't think it had any. I thought they got out unscathed. I thought that it was like no harm, no foul, no, because people yeah. knew it was a fucking joke. No, because they were getting the weird, the same thing that we see now, where a band is like, "Yo, they're about to drop this hot record. Play the songs for people. Play the songs for booking agents, so they can get on bigger tours." This and that. And the other but hey wait a second wait is this the band that i see everybody talking about on the internet saying they have a white power demo oh we're not touching them with a fucking 10 foot pole now they still eventually did get on some decent tours but another kind of fiction they never did any gigantic tours they did like they did a, some gigantic shows shows but not tours they did like, they did with mad ball yeah they did and, a and a lot of those show. shows had to do with who was being big had to do with who was on top of that show. Right. Yeah, like they did right. all like the Mad Ball reunions. Right. Yeah, they did like the Mad Ball reunion character. in Connecticut that they played was packed to the right. gills with fucking people waiting for Mad Ball. Puffy vests and yes. khakis and flannel shirts beating the shit out of everything. Like right. that was an, an insane show. But then they played there later and it was me and Doloff and Mental yep. and nobody. Right. Yep. Yep. Now, so, without Mad Ball. So help me out. Um, is this like my Rhode Island art school thing happening right now that I'm that like it, do you guys think it's normal that people should take a joke literally no it, it was it was Is that, that normal? It, it hit, I don't it think it's normal I just think it has to the do weirdest with the topic, topic. yeah well, listen. There's always going to be someone offended by actual racism you have brain damage if you're but not there's but like, always going to be somebody somebody who 
is completely offended by making a str- a joke that is straightforward, played completely straight about something like that. Yeah. yeah. Because there's no way for them to get why anyone would have a sense of humor dark enough to find something like that funny. And if you wanted to get after them, this was your chance of right. Yeah. I see. I think that's got Try more. To that's that's got a lot to do because I'm pretty sure the person yes. who brought it up already didn't like. Them. Yeah, that's a yes. grievance. That's a grievance. Right. So this right. is a way to be like, hey, look at these assholes. They have they this. had an axe to grind, and then we're given an axe to use. Yeah, because that's a good right. way of yeah. just tying so, in the show title. Yeah, yeah. very good. <laughs> On brand, bro. Fuck. You're welcome. That really took me to a dark place. Because yeah, like, you got real angry. Yeah, you were and, very upset. But I think you were giving them too much credit to call it like well, satirical. Now, I, think, and I think Pat did just. He, I'm checking out his laptop. He he did just order a no warning shirt, so he's on. <laughs> yeah. He's in. He's in, he's in the crew now. Um, all right, let's get uh, to a few more questions here. Um, thank you for the comment, though, because that I think people, you know, people got feelings. You got some heat to throw, throw it at us, and we'll talk on it. Oh that yeah, was, that th- was a very good question. Yeah, thank you to the person that sent that. Even if none of us really agreed with your premise, like, yeah. yeah, air it out. And you can have that feeling. I would tell you that that's that's it is a dated ideal. You're right, and look around at some of the other things and. Uh, those kind of when you feel that really strong burning fucking irrational hate I'm not telling you not to I am telling you as someone who feels that a lot and more than I should look in the mirror and think about it and think about where you probably should check yourself on that too because you're probably on some hypocrisy here or there all right also just get into the joke you yeah, know what i mean yeah. like oh ben cook is a dickhead like kind yeah. of funny yeah yeah telling you to get out of the autograph booth is is pretty funny now if you were 15 i I'd probably be more sympathetic all right um this is a big one and it was a long email but i'm going to try to uh try to get through it and i think this dude is cool with me saying his name joel from cincinnati um one thing i love to discuss that many people don't discuss is the age range in hardcore in my local hardcore scene cincinnati seems the age range is becoming stagnant we have a group of about four kids that are 18 that just started coming around but no but other than them we have no one else under the age of 21 there seems to be two major age groups 33 to 44 which man this dude pulls out the stats makes up about 15% of our scene then my age range I respect that. then my age range 24 to 27 that seems to make up the bulk of our scene it would be cool if you guys touched on how to get younger people interested because i think in the digital age kids are in for a while then on to the next best thing I know other scenes. I know. I know other scenes, even close by, don't have this problem. But it worries me sometimes that my age range group of people in my scene could be the last. Thanks for the show, Joel. Okay, let Thanks. me. Very Joel. good question. Let me start by saying shout out to Cincinnati, a place that my band should never go over, but we keep getting booked and keep getting support from the promoter out there, who I think is a cool dude, and. That is a spot that, like, literally, it'll be a dude with, like, Cincy tattooed under his eye just intently watching my bands that he has no interest in because it's just like, oh, you're playing, I'm at the show, I'm going to sit through you, and... So Cincinnati and that brutal brutality of actually supporting that scene, like, all right, you're touring. I'm gonna be. I'm watching. This is not my shit. I'm watching. Yeah, respect. So like, Cincinnati is always one of those places that I'm kind of like not looking forward to but also looking forward to yeah you know i want to throw i'm gonna axe to grind oh really skyline chili fucking it sucks it sucks man sucks i saw who else you you, do you eat meat yeah have you had skyline chili i have not dude it's dog shit so here's the dog shit it's like uh like imagine just ground beef chili maybe the ground beef you get at taco bell with a little bit of cinnamon or something 
disgusting and sweet in there, and I like cinnamon, but not in chili. Uh, with yeah, that's on top weird... on top of pasta, and it's watery. On top of plain old spaghetti, um, with and not a, a, not al dente. This is no, mush mush with a. If if it's this is the cup, here's the handful of shred cheese straight out of the bag. No, I'm good, thanks. Don't try. So I here's the, here's do stick, not try. I'll otherwise, stick, otherwise, stick otherwise, chili dog in DC. otherwise, I, I actually think your city's prettier than you get credit for. Next, uh, I'm the Skyline Chili Troll, uh, where it's. Uh, there's a vegetarian vegan option I'm, I, and like equally bad it's garbage but i kind of because people have outsiders from like people not from cincinnati have really strong feelings as you do that it's yeah. straight up like something that you'd ladle out of a fucking the bottom of a garbage bag like so i like to go the other way and be like no it's all right man contrarian you, know I mean? like, he, you like, can't do right. that though you it's know it's you know it's hard it's like it's shocking that somebody would pay money for it it's <laughs> shocking yo and i paid money for it more than once i did it at the airport and was like oh my god this is so bad and then i was like no you know what that was probably the airport version you know this nope. is the bobo version went and had it at a real spot and was like oh no, no it's, it's really- find something else to sell your city on like yeah, you know I, i've been appalled by how anyways all right cincinnati uh young, age age range um, like how to get young folks How to get young into, folks in. Um, I, you I have, actually you have I, the hottest yeah, take. I have the hottest take. I have a less hot take. Right. So my man, Joel, did give some ideas, which I think are really good, but I'm going to save them for a minute. Um, Tom, give us your idea first. Well, I mean, I think it kind of builds off of Joel's, Okay, too. so I'll say mine. Um, and wow. I'll give it in the hot take way and then pull Thanks, back. Bro. Yeah, you're right. Um, hot Here's take way. Bra, what a dick. <laughs> hot take. How to get young people to go to shows. Old people. Uh, pull back, get out, not not get out, not don't like hardcore, but when there's something, if someone's sitting in the chair, you can't sit in that chair. Give these young people a void to fill, and if they fill it, they fill it, and if they don't, hmm, well, maybe this thing moves on. But if there's no void to fill, if we keep sitting in the chair, they're just going to be wandering around. They'll be looking. It's the fucking what is the um, the chair game where you sit down, you musical walk chairs. musical chairs. If all the chair chairs are taken up by us thirty three plus year olds, there's no room for people to learn how to book shows. There's no room for the awkward twenty year old to say, "Hey, I'm in a band and I can't get shows, so I'm going to book my own, and I'm going to book that band I like from a state away. And maybe I have the money to do it, maybe I don't, but I'm going to meet them." And they're going to meet me. And maybe they heard bullshit about me that because of the internet, but they're going to meet me and realize, oh, no, that's not true. Yeah, Jimmy from fucking Canton is a good guy. Um, so, and, you know, barring that, I know, I get it. I'm 36. I still really like hardcore in an unhealthy way. And um, everyone in this room does. I like it, you know, but we can't. We talked about this a couple episodes ago. Let's not break the kitty cat's neck. And there's a fear to me that that's what's happening. So, so we've gotten a group text from Pat Flynn of, of uh, Have Heart fame uh, now doing... Free and Fiddlehead. 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 Right. Sweet Jesus. Got a record coming Sweet out. Sweet Jesus is, is I think done. done. done? So, yeah. oh, but, but he Clear. he shares... We're going to have him up on here. And he oh, yeah? he has an intensity about this that... that he he's right in line with you. He thinks that bad old man bands, bombs, OMBs. There's there are goms, G O M Bs, but they are few and far between. A lot of bombs out there. A lot of bombs. And 
he'll explain his whole theory, but it sounds like you're riffing on that a little bit, which is like basically, so I live my life by area denial. It is my principle that I like, I have put records out on labels just so you can't, you know what I mean? Like just to occupy, just to take your air away from you because that's who I am. You know what I mean? Fuck you. I don't want you to have the thing. I'll do this just cause I can yes. fuck you. But that principle of area denial, if old, if old men, because that's what it is, if old men are sucking the air out of the room, making it so that you can't grow in whatever way that you're trying to, yeah, they might have to step the fuck aside. However, I'm going to, I have like a softer version of your shit. If we're going to be real, we know we can ID the old man that's fucking it up and we can ID the old man who's just going to a show. You know what I mean? Like there is, there are these like dudes like warlord ass dudes who are fucking like it's their region. They're not letting you play their region unless you go through them and they have calcified tastes. Even if they're trying, you know, like everybody in this room is open to new bands, but that doesn't mean we're the most plugged in fucking people. You know what I mean? So like, there are dudes who run their cities or their regions that way. And it is to the detriment of the young bands trying to come up. That said, I think that you also run into dudes on the other end of that spectrum who are just kind of like, yeah, young dude, I don't know what the fuck you're about or understand you, but uh, if you can fill a hundred people here, you got space in my world. And I think that there's, we can ID them. I don't think, I don't think we got to like exit the olds. You know what I mean? I think we just got to be like, Listen, can somebody have a heart-to-heart with, like, you know... Uh, Norman Corman. Yeah, Norman Corman, uh, fucking warlord general of the Sacto region, to, to say, hey, can you get a young kid under you? It's what all these labels do. Every label that we know, when the dude turned 35, he got a 19-year-old... To run that shit. To run that shit. Because it was basically an acknowledgement... I can't keep up. I'm flipping houses with my wife right now, worrying about fucking like what the fuck, like if the young band that we're going to get is going to break up or not. I need somebody on the ground. Or the idea that was brought up here, the young guys see that the old guy's doing stuff, but he's slowing down. He's not really doing the stuff they like. So they're like, fuck, we got, we got some shit we can do. Let's just go start doing these shows. And they start to grow and grow and grow. And old dude's like, oh, cool. Good. Well, right. Yeah, share the table. That's all. One hundred percent. But I'm not with share Bob exactly because I think that the 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 kid who is going to self-assert and make his way mm-hmm. in uh, his or her way in this fucking thing is going to do it, uh, even if the warlord is threatening fucking to crush him. You right. know what I mean? I think that there is a plant that grows through the sidewalk and that's true. And that's the person that ultimately is going to make the thing work anyway, regardless. And they're going to create their own culture. Right. And I don't yep. think that we should be making shit harder for anybody. I don't think you got to pay your dues. And none of that bullshit. No, 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 that no kiss do. in the ring. If you want to book a fucking show, book a goddamn book a fucking show. show. Yes. I don't believe in any of that fucking nonsense. But I do think that, the the seed what is that Christian analogy the seed that grows in hard terrain like I think that that's honestly like grow stronger kind I of think deal. that's the thing so uh, 
Yeah, the warlords do need to step aside or take on like a protege that like actually knows what the fuck. Well, is and up. and that's part of it too is that if you're gonna take on the protege, no, don't don't again, don't don't baby it. You can step back a little bit and like I, I, there's a bunch of young guys from the shore who do this. I don't book the shows at the shore. Twenty three year old named Brandon St. Gianos books all the shows, and that dude fucking rocks. And before him was a dude, Ian, who's now like 26 and is, just, you know, like, oh, too but old for this that's, anymore. That's where my brain immediately went with that question because, yeah. you know, with the shit I fuck with, I fuck with Long Island and I fuck with the shore. And that's not some old warlord. That's like Scanlan and it's Brandon and Ian. Mm-hmm. So to me, but that's those like, dudes that got is, ushered in, though. So to, no? me, that is, but to me, that is like somebody handed it off to those dudes. Yeah. Like Bob so maybe that s- just depends on where you're at because I feel like it's a young dude scene around But it all depends though because like say the shore had someone like Bob, had someone like Swank, had all these dudes that were yes. booking shows right, what I'm saying that is kind of don't... brought in and everyone else kind of in and like let them like you know get to the table and we'll be able to do stuff. And there stuff. was kindness and there was, there was times when you stepped away and then there's some people who don't need to step away and that's cool. You don't have to but know that uh, this is something we talked about kind of privately is that there's an interesting dynamic when you're in a band and you're 22 and you're going and touring and you're playing and you're the guy who's booking your band is 22 23 24 18 19 20 when you're dealing with them it's you're on a peer level if you're in a band and you're dealing with dudes who are significantly older the power dynamic is really different and i'm not saying that's bad i'm just saying that exists and it's a different thing and it, and it can of, be exerted in a in a negative way and it can be exerted in a negative way and it could not be exerted but perceived in a negative way and perceived in a way like ooh this is is this how it is and, right. and there's a lot of things this guy promised me 100 dollars he only gave me 50 and weird Do strings have, yeah. attached to that so that's where a lot of that comes from a lot of this knowledge can be shared it can be passed down and I get a lot of it from peer to peer and asking and figuring it out mm-hmm. and you fail and you fucking figure it out and you know and those dudes they don't need to ask me a lot of questions they know how this goes it's like oh how much oh, okay we can do this we can't do this so how do we get in touch with this and you know it's stuff they struggle with but it happens right. you know? I think and, price incentives help because that's what he had mentioned in the email oh, like if, yeah. because oh, yeah. like a lot of places you'll go to and it'll be like you know under 21 it's $14 but if you're over 21 it's 10 Fucking oh, flip that for, shit. Oh, for because of the alcohol style. Yeah, yeah, or like I like a lot of places will do like, hey, if it's your first show, it's free. Or if it's this, like they've done that sort of stuff. I think, I mean, it's also a loophole that you can fucking exploit forever. Yeah. But I think that's a cool idea to get someone like. But I think also make sure you have someplace that's going to do all ages. Yeah. Eight, 18 yeah. plus is like. Fucking death of a life. major thing I've noticed. At like 18, really? So yeah. so I, I had the opportunity to, uh, to meet Ian Mackay. Um, and that was a pretty crazy thing. Is he still straight edge? <laughs> I don't. My, I don't. I don't think he cares. The immediate go to. That's like. That's, <laughs> and that's the reason he doesn't. That, that would, that's the reason he, he doesn't do yeah. big speaking events. Thank you for once again making sure there's no. Mind Tom's over there laughing. That like was a so joke. Much. I know. I know what it, Yeah. But but no, he was very impassioned, and you kind of get the feeling. It's not the reason he doesn't drink or smoke, but it's the reason. So he is still straight edge. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. <laughs> did he have X's on when he talked to you? Yeah, he like uh, the construction gloves. Um, he was very passionate in a way about the connection between you know the straight edge scene and doing that, and the thing he was really passionate about, which was why is there a boundary of entry to art 
like sure. music that's oh you if you can only go to see music be played if you're 18 and up and especially uh, with hardcore what the fuck yeah and he was he saw it and I uh, yeah you, you, Pat's gonna say some shit here Pat's hater contrarian nature is rearing its fat like fucking out of his throat uh, but but I thought that was cool and so make them shows where people can play and also yo the band of 17 year olds they might not be great but that's why they shouldn't headline and you let them open and you be honest with them and be like, hey, you guys aren't great, <laughs> but keep working. <laughs> and you throw them a bone and you don't have to pay them a bunch of money. But book young bands, support young bands. Right. But not everyone's you know, lucky enough to have like a Brick VFW yeah. or to have well, a we don't have the Well, we don't have the Brick VFW. We had the Brick DAV and then we didn't. And then we didn't have the Brick VFW. We had the Manusquam Women's Club and then we didn't. And so then we had right. the Brick the Adamson. And, places so, love so, those, and like, now I hear that in mass, that's a really hard thing to find. But... There are so many weird places, and now more than ever, places to do some kind of event. Fucking talk to people. VFW get someone older. Are everywhere, and there's all these different places. Right. I don't have I, to. And I you used can to. Find it. I used to book shows at a hotel lobby in right. Albany, New York. I've been to many shows wow. at weird hotel rooms, like hotel places. I've been. It to doesn't shows, have to be you know, a club. It doesn't have to be. No, uh, the, dude. The, I think the, it's better the spot when it's not. In, in Latham, out by the airport. Oh well, that's technically place, a bar. The landing, the, the landing, landing zone. zone, and it's some. But it was a the, like the bar out by the airport where it's like, oh no, they one, don't care. No one, they don't care what goes on. They're like, no one comes here. Like, oh cool, you're, you're gonna you're gonna it. pay me two hundred dollars to do whatever here. Sounds great. Give us two hundred dollars. Right. I, I got a call. I got a call two years after I booked a cl- I booked a show at a strip club. Two years after, from the person being like, "Hey, could you come back? We need that because they were so happy how much yes. water they sold." Yeah, amazing. You know I mean? Right, right, <laughs> right. Like, hey, did you want to do a show again? Right, and so there are places that need it, and VFW halls, those kind of thoughts, and you by hook or by crook, and and like I said, there's a lot of places, especially when you're in cities. There's a lot of clubs, and they do these shows on yeah. the reg, but find places that make it easy for young people to do it. Absolutely. I think New York would be a nightmare to book in right now. Like, like if, I was, if I was a kid, oh, yeah. holy fuck. Like, where would you bad. go? Yeah. I have no idea. Like, you go to, like, the Mercury Line. Like, who the fuck is going to let a kid come in and be like, sure. I, I, no, I mean, what, what was that spot that was doing shows for a while? Santos Party House? And that hasn't been doing shows Santos, for a while. I mean, like, Didn't Vitus will let you come in. I think, so. I think they closed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, like I, St. Vitus will let you come in and like book there. Yep. Yeah. Well, you, well, you know what? Maybe, Vitus is an option. Maybe you need to travel out to Brooklyn Bazaar. But for a kid, though. Oh right, yeah. it's but no, that's why. That's why you like, do some sh- yeah. suburb shit, and like, and for on the other side, flip side, bands know that, like, yeah, you want to play New York, and you want to play Boston, and you want to play Philadelphia, and you want to play, uh, you know, Albany, the the big four. But <laughs> but but throw a show to Hudson Valley. Throw a show to. Oh, you should be doing those shows anyway. You yeah, should, you, they've you, got a great thing going you, on. Yeah. You should, you should and those be doing are, those shows. Yeah, and you should be doing those those other spots. And you know, play Long the Island, bigger play things. New York. Right, play Long Island, play the Shore, play Wilkes Bear, play these weird spots. Because then the next time you play Philly or you play New York or you play Boston, those those come. guys come because they're like, oh, I have a stake in this. These guys played in my fucking hometown or two towns away. If people are invested in you, people will travel to see you no matter what level you're at. Okay, so let me read his suggestions because I did ask him for that. Um, I was thinking maybe discounts for ages under 18. That's a cool idea. Discount admission if you bring someone underage. That's a lot. I mean, point. I don't know if you want to be. Yeah, yeah uh, eat. Um, possibly flyer at places like Hot Topic or bigger shows of bands that people that shop at those kinds of stores go to. Absolutely. Yeah. Yo, Get, I, spread the fucking hardcore reality. I'm gonna be honest. Go. Is it painful to you? No, I. Okay, so when I did shows, I was 
I got off on the weird shit. Yes, I got did. off on the. Flyer we we're talking the about weird... the YouTube video, for right? Us. I I would. I remember that. For I us. I like to do shit, and I think that it's fun to do creative shit and whatever. I. I'm not suggesting don't go to like the hot topics of the world or the fucking hang outside the devil driver show or whatever. That's part of the fucking joy of being a person young enough to have the time to promote a show in that way. I think it is fun. I think you meet people. I think it's a fun experience. Have I ever seen a return on that investment? I don't think I have. You know what I mean? No, 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 no. And it's, and it definitely is dependent on where you are. I mean, I've heard stories of the, the, Long ago, the band's really hustling and being like, I'm going, like, more in the pop punk band world. They would show up at the mall. At the mall and, with their and, shit to play it for people. And, and with a boombox, 100%, right. and convince and, people. And headphones. But, you know, like, hardcore's a little bit more abrasive. But, yo, even if it's a token thing, I, I think there's a lot of shows that people don't physically fire at. And I check myself because I'm like, oh, you know what? There's a lot of people who are into hardcore who are like, why would I go to a record store? I've never been to one, you know? I mean, and I, like that's, I'm not being a jerk. I'm not even saying that in an ageist way, but you know, a lot of people don't buy hardcore records at a record store. They, they might know. not even know where to find a freaking record Correct. store. Right. But if you can catch those, you know, and you catch the randoms, get the flyers out get there, try to spread the word. And I've flyered at hockey games. You right. know what I mean? Like, like I, I've flyered at every possible Pat, you place. You fly or the right show at a hockey game. You might have a really <laughs> interesting yeah. show. True. Pat should get more credit than he does. There was a time uh, in you know about ten years ago now, where he and and our our friend Justin Loudon from Closed Casket started doing shows in Albany, a scene that definitely is not big and definitely has gone through some used true to, ups and used downs. Used to be big, it was big for, for what it's worth. Even in, through the time that I was twenty, yes, was I mean Albany. So you hear classic bands talk about their Albany shows yes. being bunk. You know yes. what I mean, and then. There was a, there was a change and yep. their Albany shows were dope. Yep. And maybe for maybe a decade there was so much fucking energy yes. in, in Albany and it was lit. Um and then and you had two distinct scenes that we yes. could, we could talk about these scene divisions all the time. I think it's always funny. weird. It's yeah, same like, thing. So yeah. You had Devoid of Faith and you had One King Down and and yep. whatever. And uh but Somewhere and maybe it's venue, but I don't think so. It, I think it's around when your when end of year was starting. Oh three oh yeah, it, it yeah, just falls apart. So actually, you know what? I'm going to place blame on a couple people, and that's not fair because it's like we talked about. Like sometimes it's the like strong plant that strong seed that makes it through, and maybe there wasn't enough of them. But there was a group of dudes who kind of just gave off a bad vibe mm-hmm. and kind of like alienated a lot of the young people. Uh, kind of made them feel like like they were clowns, like they didn't know what the fuck was up, and like I have mixed feelings on this because I at the time it was a real detriment to uh, shows being fun and and like because those dudes would churn out like four bad bands a year and <laughs> monopolize shows and like it that period really sucked a- and but at the same time I can't blame those dudes. I really think that like there just needed to be a couple stronger personalities in the mix from the young crowd and there just wasn't. And like we also need to be honest about the fact right now kids interests are diverging over to like we talk about SoundCloud rap and we sound 500 years yes, old. Yes, the oldest, the oldest. But, but it's just a fact like somebody told me that the kid from uh fuck 
maybe balancing composure, which is not a hardcore band, obviously, but like Tiger's Jaw. Tiger's Jaw. No, Tiger's Jaw. Yeah. I know. I, listen, yeah, well, he, at, those, that's at, his homie. Which, at, I, I just heard that the other night, and that blew my mind. Yeah, you yeah, told Wick, me that the other Wick night. I was like, wait, really? No, no, phase, no, no I barely even know what SoundCloud rap is. Wikiphase. Adam is the homie for a long time. Yeah, that's your old. I can't pretend I know what I understand what the fuck he's doing, but I just you better be on his good graces and get on one of their tours. I just I support it no matter what he wants to fucking do. But no, I heard that he was joined on stage by I think I want to yeah. say balancing composure. Yes, I don't you're know. correct, coward. But, yeah. but uh, who is also now a fucking rapper of some type, right? And I think that we're going to be seeing a lot of that. Uh, it has a lot of the fucking DIY ethos that people like. It has a lot of. It, it's even easier. There's a lower barrier to entry because you don't mm-hmm. even need fucking friends. Yep. You know what I mean? It, it's it's. Uh, so I think that we're a computer and a, uh, and a straight Wi-Fi, up, yeah. straight up. And I think that you're, we're going to see a lot of people migrate, young people. Yes, that's going to be what's hot for a few years, and uh, it's going to be at you know it's going to be to the the, the hardcore scene's detriment. Detriment. Yeah. And uh, I think that that needs to be acknowledged. And there's going to be there's going to be scenes that really calcify. Even the young dudes that take over scenes, I think, are going to be of a certain traditionalist mindset. And there's going to be a lot of people that feel choked out by the thing. And that's, that's unfortunate. Uh, you know, Bob, Bob is kind of the, the guy who always has like the positive suggestion on this podcast. Would you say that's true? Absolutely. So I'm going to take your role for a second and say, if you are in one of those scenes, just keep doing what you're doing. You know what I mean? Like if you're playing music and it's frustrating and you're in one of those scenes and you feel like you're getting no grip whatsoever, uh, you have to, and I say this, Again, this is a tough thing because I don't think anybody, I wouldn't wish my career on anyone. You know what I mean? Because I love what I do, but there's no explaining to somebody, yeah, I've done it for a decade and it might go big next year, but like, you know. And Pat, Pat's trajectory is very different than mine, but you know, when I'm at family gatherings, my cousins who are, I actually love will be like, oh, so what are you doing? They're, you know, I work at a bank. I sell this. And like, oh, I'm kind of like doing this now, but also whatever. And they're like, yeah, you kind of just do whatever forever. That's cool. <laughs> and I'm like, forever. I'm like, yeah, pretty much. So, so but like, I, so I wouldn't wish it, but I will say that I've wanted to make music for as long as I can remember. And therefore I did that. And my life has been enriched by it. So if you are discouraged, I need you to understand that the only shows we were getting put on at one point were of the most discouraging sort. Uh, and you have to just sort of just power through that. So if I'm talking, I don't know who's listening to us. Yeah. Some, uh, there's a wide We're going section. long here. I know. But if, I, if, if I'm talking to a 17-year-old, just keep doing keep what doing you're it. doing. Keep doing it and don't let people older, younger, parallel to discourage that. So uh, good question. Uh, we got time for a few more. We got time for at least one more. I got, so I got one that I don't think we can address 